Hey, Fro, want to hear a joke? Sure. If con is the opposite of pro, then is mm-hmm. Congress the opposite of progress? <laughs> On this episode of Another Digital Citizen, we will talk of News of the Week, TV of the Week, Castle Rock Episode 6 Review, Operation Mockingbird, Movies of the Week, Summer Sand Results, and another digital review of Mile 22. This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Ladies, woohoo! And woohoo! Gentlemen, woohoo! Welcome to woohoo! Another woohoo! Uh, episode of woohoo! Another woohoo! Digital woohoo! Citizen woohoo! Episode woohoo! Episode woohoo! 150! Woohoo! 150 episodes, Lou. 150. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. It's a big number. Mm hmm. Woohoo! Woohoo! Means means that uh, it's a hundred and forty nine episodes since we didn't uh, did uh, episode one. It doesn't feel like that, and it strangely also feels like that. Well, this week felt like it didn't happen, so it, it still feels like one forty nine to me. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, one hundred fifty episodes, pretty big milestone. Uh, a lot to look back on and be like, why did we do that? So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of questions like, why did we talk about that? Oh, why did we think that was a good idea? A lot of like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're fairly yeah. self-aware. I realized, like, we were talking to yeah. Bill. He does a couple podcasts, and we were like mm-hmm. saying, oh, oh, this podcast we really thought it was good one. This podcast we didn't think was so good. And Bill's like, I never think about if a podcast is good or bad like so i just put out podcasts me and fro are very yeah. self-aware podcasters i guess we are really self-aware and we it's kind of it's kind of strange because me and luke we usually agree on what's a good episode and a bad episode is um it's very it rare that we d- we don't agree on it right yeah i can say to luke like oh fuck that was a bad episode and look like yeah mm-hmm or Luke goes to me, yeah, that was a bad topic, and I go, yeah, that was a bad topic. But sometimes we'll do a show, and it'll during the show we'll be doing it, and it'll feel like the worst show ever, like the feeling yeah. of it, and then we listen back to it, and it's like, holy crap, yeah. that was a great yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. 
Yeah, it's really strange. It, I think it has to do with uh, three factors. Uh, first is flow, like how the flow goes. I mean, I don't know, for example, last episode. I'm really, really happy that last episode was so popular because that was a good episode. That was a good episode. Right. Uh, but if you go back to episode one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> we are so we are so different. We we don't even have news in the beginning. <laughs> we did like something like we'd cover a news topic. Like I think the first, yeah. the very first episode we did, we just covered the idea of gun control in America. We didn't cover like oh, yeah. a specific news story. Yeah. But I think yeah. when we did that episode. Uh, it ended up that week there was a school shooting, and it just happened yeah. to be the same week we did that uh, discussion. So, yeah, yeah. There, there's been episodes where, 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 uh, where we, we, we think this is a super good idea, and we now can think of, oh, that was really bad idea. For example, the episode where we were going through our favorite YouTube ch- channel, we thought that was a really good idea. No, you the YouTube videos. The YouTube channels was all right. It, it, the YouTube videos was bad. Google yeah. feud. Remember when we we decided we were gonna do Google feud? <laughs> that didn't work. That it really did not work, work out. It did not work at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we 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 are uh, always changing. We're never afraid of saying uh, this was shit. Let's do something else. Right. Yeah. Totally. Uh, like, uh, if, if I think, and I think that's also the reason why we 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 always said when when we cover shows, uh, for example, when we covered Preacher, uh, we decided on episode three of Preacher, I think it was, that we will wasn't going to talk about it anymore. Like right. we, we're not afraid. To, to like throw away segments that we feel doesn't feel into our podcast. I don't think we're afraid of changing. This, oh, yeah, oh, we've definitely been morphing as everything goes along. Like segments move into different places or they disappear. Some disappear mm-hmm. and then they come back. Like like the TV segment, it kind of disappeared and came back in a whole different form. And I actually like the form yeah. we're doing it in now. Maybe better yeah. than I liked it in the form we were doing it before. So, oh yeah, definitely. I I totally agree with you. And also how how we co- covered movies before and now is totally different. If you go back and listen to that, we 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 did it. Oh, we changed so much. Yeah. Oh. Enough about us and our podcasts. But uh, happy 150 episodes, Luke. And everybody else. And thank you, everybody who listened this week. Uh, got a whole bunch of new listeners, so hi, everybody. Hopefully you stick around and listen to this show. Uh, there's a big controversy this week about the YouTube sub feed again, Fro. Which, that was something oh, yeah. I think we broke on this show before anybody else, because I was having problems with my YouTube sub feed, and we found out, what, three months later, that they were testing yeah. it on people, and I ended up being one of the people they tested it on. Just and now the YouTube sub feed has become a big thing again this week. Uh, they're saying they're going to try to modify it again. So look out for that. Also, Netflix with commercials on the end of episodes. I had heard both ways. So I saw an article about that, but then I also saw an article debunking it somewhat. 
So we'll oh. see what really ends up happening. But I think uh, people are uh, there's one side saying that it's not going to happen. So we'll see. Um, let's talk about Manafort before we go into news because right. we, we didn't it, really have it on the news because it happened. I sent out the news and then an hour later on TV it was breaking news: <laughs> Paul Manafort. Yes, right. Yeah. I'll go into it real quick. Uh. Paul Manafort, convicted on eight felony counts. Former campaign manager Paul Manafort was found guilty in courtroom on Tuesday of eight charges of bank fraud. The jury found Manafort guilty on five charges of filing false income tax returns, uh, one count of failing to file uh, report foreign bank accounts, and two counts of bank fraud. Uh, they declared a mistrial on the remaining 10 counts, uh, three counts of failing to report foreign bank accounts. Uh, well, it's a, a lot of stuff to do with bank fraud and bank conspiracy and uh, what looks like money laundering to me, which, surprise, surprise, it's almost like we said that on the show last year. <laughs> but uh, of course, this has uh, ties into the Russian collusion, right? Right, 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 right. Well... Some of these bank accounts were in the Ukraine. Oh, wait, the Ukraine isn't in Russia? Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of run by Russia, right? Yeah, a little bit. Kind of. Kind of. Maybe. Almost. <laughs> uh, I love I love how the media is like, Yay! We told you! It is a collusion! Just look! Manafort! I've convicted! Woo! We have him! Here it is. The decision is the victory for special counsel Robert Mueller's team of prosecutors, which faced its first test in court in, uh, in court on this Manafort case. Russia in the 2016 election, however, were not parts of the trial against Manafort. Mm. So this had nothing to do with that. Uh, oh. I thought this was very interesting. He winked at his wife, wife Kathleen, as he was escorted out of the room after uh, after the proceedings, why would he wink at his guess, wife like that? Let me. Yeah, I'm guessing that means you know where it's hidden, baby. <laughs> right? He went, go dig it up and burn it. That's what he's. That's what that wink meant. That wink went meant you know what account you should look in, right? It's in Switzerland. Hint, hint. Um, either that or he was saying, don't worry, Trump's going to pardon me in a week. So it'll be all good. Uh, okay, we talked about it uh, for two seconds last week. Uh, it lay hunts for the blame uh, in bridge collapse that killed 39 people. Horrendously uh, bad. More bodies were pulled uh, Wednesday from a mountain of jagged concrete and twisted steel left behind on a highway bridge that killed 39. Prosecutors focused on po possibly uh, design flaws and past maintenance of the heavily used span, and politicians quibbled over blame. Uh, motorist, meanwhile, uh, recounted miraculous escapes and horror of seeing other plunge over the edge. Right, it says here the, so, bl the bridge plunged some 45 meters uh, or 150 feet. Uh, Interior Minister Matteo Salvini declined to say how many people might still be buried in the debris where about a thousand rescue workers still are searching for victims. 
Yeah. But that was last week, so... Uh, let's see. Is there any update on this article? I think I think their number was 39, yeah. Okay, yeah, so this must be an... Uh, yeah, the, okay, there it's, it says it right there. Updated article. Okay. Yeah. They updated the, the number. But it there's I guess they're still searching, so... Searching for more people, yeah. So it can be updated again. But uh, It's it been is, a while, so it's not likely, it I think. Is, not likely, but uh, uh, I've seen a video of this. Uh, it looked so strange. Uh, you just see the bridge just like plummeting underneath. You see like cars driving on it, and then it's like, whoa, it's not there anymore. Huh, okay. I saw some like uh, a quick video of it, but uh, at least here in America, they haven't really showed a. Do they have like big long video of it somewhere? Not the big long video. Oh, okay. no. Yeah. So, hey, um, there's this uh, school that I uh, have removed its sexist co- uh, quote because the more it says, the more uh, you act like a lady, the more you act like a gentleman. He, the more uh, he he'll act like yeah. a gentleman. Correct. Yeah. Like, mm hmm. It says here, a Texas school district, that's right, this is happening in Texas, of all places, uh, has removed a quote that was painted above lockers at middle middle and elementary school after the quote sparked criticism online. Like uh, Fro said, the more you act like a lady, the more he'll act like a gentleman. The quote read, um, according to a tweet posted by Lisa Beckman, on Friday, Beckman said the quote was found at Gregory Lincoln Middle School in Houston. Students in kindergarten through 8th grade attend the school according to this website. Uh, Let's see. Hours after Beckman's tweet uh, began gaining attention, the school removed the quote according to a statement by KHOU News, which is the local news to the area. Can you please... Can you... Can you please read out what she tweeted? Uh, All right, here's the actual tweet from Lisa Beckman. Uh, It's got a picture of the actual quote down here at the bottom, and it says, This is the wall at Gregory Gregory Lincoln Middle School in Houston. Uh, It is perpetuating horrible gender stereotypes, shaming women, and uh, relinquishing boys of all responsibility. It's sexist, misogynistic, and discriminatory. I'm horrified. Are you horrified, Fro? I'm a little confused. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I'm, 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 how how is it? How is it requilishing uh, rec- uh, boys of all responsibility? Uh, because if. Uh, because she's not assuming that you could switch it, the whole thing around because that's how a comma works and that's why the comma right. is in the sentence is because you could switch the whole thing around and it could also say the more you act like a gentleman, the more she'll act like a lady. It could say that because right. there's a comma, but she doesn't understand how commas work. So she just looks at it as the lady has always got to act more like a lady so the man will act like a gentleman. She's reading it that way and leaving the comma out. <laughs> that's the problem here. There of is course, uh, there. hashtag there me is... hashtag me too on her tweet. I should mention that <clears throat> just so we can. Uh, yeah. 
I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not horrified. I'm, uh, yes. Okay, sorry. I am horrified. <laughs> but I'm more, more horrified over this uh, backman than I am of this middle school, to be honest. Uh, I, I don't, I don't really understand it. And 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 she's uh, uh, she tweeted her thanks to the school district Sunday morning, and saying, "I see this as proof as our elected officials listen when we speak up. Speak up, speak up about issues that really matters, please, lady. Please talk about something more important than a fucking quote on the wall." I thought um, this was funny. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. If it said something atrociously racist or uh, uh, sexist or even a little like discriminatory, I I would totally agree with her that the quote should be taken away. But the thing is, there is a comma there. There is a way to look at this that she's reading... She's really, really, really reading something into it that I don't right. see. This is what I'm realizing is there's a this uh, this I don't, it's not all um, what's a good there's a, 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 a culture right now of looking at things and only seeing sexes in, in them yeah. all the time. And I, I was I thought about it. I wrote this down as, as like something for me to remember. Uh, and I wrote down. Hmm. Sexism is the new Illuminati. And yeah. I wrote down, if you're always looking for it, it's everywhere you look. Yeah. And that's what this is. It's like, uh, if you're looking for it everywhere, you're going to find it everywhere. Um, yeah. I thought this was a funny article because we actually talked about this at the beginning of the show at one point. Because Fro always says, uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Right? Remember mm -hmm. you, we yeah, were talking yeah. about that? And yeah, I was like, yeah. this has become a thing. I started, because that week I had started seeing articles, people putting out articles about this, about mm -hmm. uh, lady not being the correct term. And now mm -hmm. I see this uh, being moved into schools and makes me go, these kids don't need to be inundated with this kind of problems. They shouldn't even have to think about this crap at, when they're in, when they're, when you're, you're dealing with kindergarten to middle school age kids, in my opinion, that, they shouldn't even have, this shouldn't is, even be something that they should worry about. Right. And that, that even proves it even more for me. Like this, this, uh, what you said proves it even more for me because it's like, this is in the kindergarten. I'm sure kindergarten nurse didn't, even understand the they they can't the read it they don't they yeah. don't read yet they're in kindergarten right oh. apparently here we go this is kind of interesting the quote is commonly attributed to Sydney Billows Barrow a controversial okay. businesswoman known as the Mayflower Madam uh, she was convicted of promoting prostitution in 1985 mm. that's a little mm. weird that they have that a quote a from a madam who was convicted of... It doesn't say... It says convicted of promoting prostitution, not, mm. like, actually being a madam or anything like that. Just promoting prostitution. Mm. Maybe, maybe that's a new job title I should get. Promoting prostitution. <laughs> prostitution mm. promoter. Yeah. 
<laughs> Talking about the Me Too movement, uh, we have a Norwegian film legend that attacks, according to the local .no. The Norwegian film star and director Liv Ullmann has come against uh, the Me Too movement, complaining that the campaign ignores the widespread uh, rape of women in African countries. The actress, who is famed uh, for her works with director Ingmar Bergman, told an audience uh, at Arndalsuka Political Festival that she had chosen, chosen sorry, <laughs> not public with her own experience of sexual harassment. If I had bought, uh, brought my, uh, my Me Too, uh, that's what we would have seen in the newspapers tomorrow. That's why I chose not to do that, she said. Uh, and I even had uh, have to say that I have never been a victim. This is, uh, has not been pulled me down. Uh, but uh, we've forgotten other women. I, I think that is uh, difficult. And uh, she continues, I do not understand that the Me Too movement, which is so strong, doesn't uh, talk about the big assault uh, that happens to women today, she said. Why it doesn't mention all the women in Africa who has to go several miles to find water and know what, uh, know and uh, who knows that the way uh, on their way they may be raped and killed. They don't have any cho choice. They must have water. Wow. That is... Uh... I can't see how anybody... Like, uh, other people have come out... Uh, other women have come out and kind of been like... Um, what's a good word for it? Critical of the Me Too movement? And they've mm -hmm. got, you know, they, people go after them. But this lady, I can't, she has such a good point. I don't see how anybody could go against her on this. Mm. Our soul, a European soul, is destroyed by talking about referees as they are all criminals, Ullmann argued. There is no way to say to people that who has uh, uh, had to escape from their homes that we cannot accommodate them. So, okay. That's a point. Yeah, I mean, it, if you're gonna do this, and and the whole idea is to make it about all women, and yeah, um, yeah, why aren't you including women in every country? Um, I guess that's a good point. I'm, and like I said, I just don't see how anybody is gonna be able to go, oh, she hates women, because that's not what she's saying at all here. No, uh, no. She's making a way better point than other women I've seen in the past who have said like, "Oh, well, you just gotta." What, what is a good example? Oh, it, it, well, you just dress too provocatively or whatever. That's like their right. excuse. This lady's saying, "Yeah, but what about all the women in Africa? I don't see you fighting for them." Like, if you're gonna mm -hmm. be, if you want to fight for women, fight for all women, not just the ones that are in your uh, group of people who you agree with. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally agree. So, let's talk about Mormons. Uh, or should I call them Mormons? Look. I'm going to call them Mormons. but I am going, going to call them Mormons. <laughs> I was a Mormon, so I'm allowed to call them Mormon. We talked about that. Right. 
but uh, well, are you allowed Anytime. to call them Mormons? Let's see. Uh, it says here, Latter-day Saints church leader rejects Mormon label. Rejects it, I don't okay? Care. People should not, no longer use the word Mormon to char- characterize the faith, the head of the Utah-based church said. Uh, church leader Russell Nelson urged both followers and non-leaders to stick to the official designated the Church of the La- uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. It's a long name. That's why people don't want to use it, guy, whoever you mm-hmm. are. Mr. Nelson, 93, Mr. Nelson, uh, said the move had, move had been prompted. <laughs> Does by... he have an A? Does he have an A? <laughs> Mr. Nelson! Mr. Um, Nelson! Oh, this is a good uh, part. Mr. Nelson said uh, the move had been prompted by God. So we know he's all there. Who mm-hmm. impressed upon my mind the importance of the name. However, he added, the central text of the church would still be called the Book of Mormon. Right! What? <laughs> That's confusing right! as fuck. <laughs> I know! <laughs> well, God told him. And so, you know, God can be confusing. God can kind of just do whatever he wants. Um, Did you see mm. the guy... There's a clip out there of this guy saying that people who don't believe or don't like Donald Trump are possessed by the devil. Have you seen that devil, clip? Yeah. yeah okay, that's a very good clip. It's out there. It's a little long. We're not going to play it on the show, but uh, the church updated guide, uh, updated online guide says the terms Mormon Church, Mormon, Mormon is, and Mormonism are no longer acceptable. Uh, it also uh, it's also a banning the abbreviation LDS as a shorthand. What you can't even use LDS? I know. Can I can I use T C O J C O L S? The longest, the, <laughs> the longest abbreviation ever. It's still shorter than the freaking name. T C O J C O L D S. That was funny. <laughs> oh my god! It doesn't seem uh, to be against the rules. It's not in their guide, so I think that's what we'll call them from now on. From. Uh, no, I'm going to fucking call them Mormons. Okay, I'll call them morons. I mean Mormons. Uh, I talked about this many, many times before, but yeah, I was a Mormon for one and a half year, ladies and gentlemen, so... And I dated a Mormon for one and a half years, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I, I, I will tell you what, I got the worst stick of that... You didn't have to be a member. I had to. Well, I didn't have to. You got the worst what off that? The stick. Like, the worst side of that. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I I can promise you it's worse being a Mormon for one and a half year than dating one. Well, I just... Her parents did not like me. I'll tell you that. And then... (laughs) That ended up breaking up the relationship, so... It's probably the best. I guarantee you it's for the best. I I have such uh, a funny Mormon story that I really want to tell. Uh, fuck it, I will tell it. So, um, I don't think I ever told you this story, but uh, 
Do you know why I became a Mormon? Um, in the first y- You told me something about this in the past, uh, okay. but I can't remember. It was somebody I- you were... You- you knew was already a Mormon and you went with them as far. That's what I remember. No, I met, I met them. So I was uh, out on uh, my way from school. Right. And I was going to this meeting and I was really, really early. And there was this missionary standing on the street, like saying, hello, we're, Hey, would you want to look at this book, the book of Mormon? And I was like, Oh, this guy is really, really handsome. And I, um, yeah, I um, uh, uh, was so sure that I was in love with this man and we were going to live happily ever after that I fucking baptized myself into the Mormon church. That is against homosexuality, by the way. (laughs) Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, I... I was so I was so fucking confused. I I, I can tell you that. And and my my dad said something uh, 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 that I was kind of like I was a wake up call for me. And he said to me like you're 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 like a black man trying to be a member of the Ku Klux Klan. You're trying to become uh, a part of. Uh, society that doesn't even like you. <laughs> right, exactly. You're trying, yeah, you're trying to like you're trying to get into a society that doesn't really respect anything you stand for or anything. Right. I kind of yeah. said the same thing when we legalized gay marriage here, though. It's kind of like, yeah. why would you want to be in the institution of marriage when the, that same institution has persecuted your you your entire life? Right. Yeah. yeah. What I was thinking of was uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. That was oh, the no, one you met. Yeah. Met somebody Jehovah's and, Witnesses. Yeah. Uh, somebody. Yeah. Okay. For for new for uh, new listeners, I've been on a long religious journey. <laughs> for new listeners, yeah. For old listeners, you're very well aware. <laughs> but yeah, no. But but it's it's like. <sighs> I I I I've seen the Book of Mormon, the the musical, uh, in English and Norwegian. We talked about uh, when I was in in Oslo, where mm-hmm. we were. I loved I loved the Book of Mormon. And South Park is also uh, like one of my favorite shows because it talks a lot about Mormonism. Occasionally, so, right? I, occasionally, yeah, yeah. They have the all like they have a whole episode uh, <laughs> called I think it's all about Mormons. I think the episode is called Go and watch that. That's maybe the best episode about the Mormon faith. And uh, yeah, I will continue uh, calling them Mormons. Ah, uh, to- talking about uh, uh, religion. Religion. People. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pope Francis uh, is out, uh, condemns uh, child sex abuse with uh, church cover-ups. Right. Last week, uh, a grand jury in the U.S. Uh, U.S. state of Pennsylvania released findings of the largest ever investigation of sex abuse in the U.S. church, finding that 301 priests in the state, so just in that one state, had sexually abused minors over the past 70 years. The damning U.S. report, combined with scandals in Australia and Chile, have 
coalesced to form what one Vatican official called a perfect storm, not seen since the first abuse crisis uh, erupted in Boston in 2002, which I think we all remember that. And there's been, uh, they kind of seem like, they. It, this article makes it seem like, oh, it, there was nothing since 2002, and then this just happened. But I seem to remember a few scandals in between then and now. Yeah, some some scandals, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. Like, I, I feel like this hope is being right, really bipolar. It's kind of strange because I, I, in the first place, I really liked him. He, he like, he came out and he's like, uh, he, 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 he's been looked upon as progressive, and and kind of uh, working uh, against his own fate almost. And then he's gone, done so many strange things, and it's like. I feel like he's like he's like yeah make sure make sure people don't die of AIDS in Africa use condoms and then he goes like abortion is the worst thing you can ever do <laughs> then he goes do something good again then something bad again <laughs> right like he's like yeah. he's worried about PR and as long as long as he does something good to even out the something bad then he thinks that yeah. the PR is okay right yeah but 301 priest uh molesting people uh that's a little how do you get back from that PR uh hit but we'll, I don't know. says here Francis wrote an unprecedented letter to all Catholics asking each one of them to help root out this culture of death and vowing there will be no more cover-ups if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would bet on more cover-ups. <laughs> I would bet on that as well. But, but that's the problem. Like, uh, and not to bring back Jehovah's Witness story that I told you, but you, you remember what happened there? Uh, I, there was a girl there that I knew that had to... Uh, her parents... Uh, like had to go out of the church because she wasn't believed uh, on an abuse story that she had against one of the clergymen's in the Jehovah's Witness. Right, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. yeah. So it's not just a Catholic thing. It's just a no, no, no. People who it, get in positions it's of power thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't even think it's just that. Think about. Harvey Weinstein oh. and these other people oh, that yeah. are in power. That are, yeah. Even Jared from Subway, his, with his little amount of power that Jared from Subway had. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah, yeah. I think it's a personality thing, and then you get into power, and these kind of things happen. So, but but strange. I'm going to go on deep water for people that are Christians now, but uh, I feel like strangely enough, it's more accepted in uh, religious. Um, a really religious point of view because like, oh, but he did something bad, but we will forgive him because they're forgiven. Oh, it's more accepted, right. Yeah, Not more, more forgiven, accepted. maybe, more accepted, no. yeah. Yeah, because it's like, oh, he's just a sinner. He's he the man something. of God. Like, yeah. Catholic, like, uh, the priest is, you know, he directly talks with God. That's why mm -hmm. you confess to him and then he tells God, um, so what they what if you're to say that to them 
they're, what you're saying to them is that God abused little kids in a way. And it's like, mm. that's think about how hard that would be for somebody who's been in that religion their whole life to wrap their head around. So, yeah, I can understand how they would be in denial about it. And, and that's what I find so strange about it. And hey, there's already about... denial when it comes to child abuse, especially on the child. Right. Like, we know that uh, children will block things out of their minds from things mm. like that in the past, or even, like, uh, they will completely disassociate, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's horrible stuff. Hey, talking about Arndal Zucker, we talked about Arndal Zucker before on uh, uh, the Norwegian legend, that film legend that was there. There was something else happening in Arndal Zucker this week. Six left wing. That's that's hard for me to say for some. This was at the same political (laughs) festival that she actually spoke at. Correct. Yeah. Uh, six left-wing extremists had been arrested around Alsibilka political festival, accused of plotting attacks of two popularist parties. Top stop elimination of Norway, uh, Siam, and Alliance. Uh, police said that the, those uh, arrested had uh, been uh, in position of pepper spray and had been actively. Uh, discussing um, causing violent acts at festival online. Maybe you want to say what the police said? Uh, Right, this is from the police. The persons arrested are connected to environments uh, that via social media have called for extensive disturbances and violent acts during uh, our Delsuka. Uh, yes. With these with these arrests, the police believe that we are preventing a major disruption to this event. So they arrested them uh, before they ever did anything, but they had kind of already talked about violence online. So maybe they arrested them for um, planning violent action. Maybe that's a that mm-hmm. would make sense. Do you feel like? This is this is kind of hard for me to ask because one of my favorite movies is where uh, where they go and arrest people for tort crime. Do you remember what movie I'm referring to? Minority Report. Minority Report. Thank you. And uh, and uh, and and I and I think to myself like, okay, they had pepper spray, they had been discussing violent acts. Should they be uh, arrested? See, here's where my my distinction comes in from Minority Report. Let's say it was just one person online and they posted something without talking to anybody else about it saying, oh, I really wish I could go down to that festival and pepper spray somebody. Mm. Then I would say that your thought crime thing might be uh, an idea. But if it's multiple people talking back and forth and saying, hey, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, we can get them this way. Let's do it like that. Let's use this kind of action to disrupt them. Then I think it goes away from thought crime and starts becoming uh, planning some kind of attack. Do you see the pepper spray as evidence of actually them doing something? Because that was what I thought about it. Like, you don't bring pepper spray if you don't think of using it if you understand right what or mean. well i mean it, you could be using it to defend yourself but considering that they had been planning to disturbances themselves i don't think they right. were planning on defending themselves against other people so yeah 
Uh, yeah. It says here, oh, uh, a newspaper said a message had been sent out to activists online encouraging them to disrupt the political festival. Uh, one, here's the messages. Stop them, confront them, make this week an unpleasant experience for them. One, one message read, be creative people, dress up and have extra clothes, take care of the fascist groups and don't get taken. We encourage many and varied actions. So many and varied actions. So that could include mm. pepper spray. Yeah. And mm. again, this is a left-wing group attacking the stop Islamation of Norway and the Alliance. So mm. they arrested a left-wing group for trying to attack this right-wing group um, with violent means, or at least planning on it. So Yeah. Um, I don't agree with stop Islamination of Norway or the Alliance, just to be really clear of that, so... Right, totally. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing them get pepper sprayed, but, like, uh... <laughs> you're planning on it and, like, going in there and mm. getting a whole group of people together to, like, do it. If, like, you just, you're walking down the street and you see a guy with a sign that says stop the Islamation of Norway and you pepper spray him, I'd be like, okay, whatever, but... Don't plan it online and get a big group together to, like, te- be- right. beat up on them. Yeah. yeah. Hey, do you know Steve? I do know Steve. That's such a stoner name for some <sighs> strange reason. That's the first thing I think of, like, Steve. Steve, Steve. man. Steve. Who do I think of? Steve. Steve yeah. Jobs? <laughs> now it's some character in like a sitcom from the 90s and I can't really like put my finger on it mm. Steve oh uh, Steve from Full House the kid who ah. ate, ate all that like ate everything yeah. he was yeah. like the boyfriend of the little of the oldest girl anyway Steve uh, there was a mysterious light, uh, mystery light uh, up in the northern hemisphere thin ribbons of glowing purple and green that have come to be known to photographers and scientists as Steve. At a first glance, the amateur might look up in the night sky and mistake the dancing auras, uh, which is caused by particles com- that come down magnetic field lines into Earth's upper atmosphere. Uh, the charged rain gives the energy to atmospheric molecules and atoms, which, tur- which in turn take the energy and radiate light. Uh, right, you would think this would be where do they say it? Uh, I guess this is coming from the University of Calgary. Mm. Uh, the aura you see in the sky, at least from our data, is moving at a certain speed. And then you have this guy moving crazy fast at lower altitudes, passing from east to west, super narrow, almost like a comet. Uh, all I like to describe it to my friends as the aura moves like Wiley e. Coyote while Steve moves like the Roadrunner. So they're saying this is not like the, uh, what do you call it? The Aurora Borealis because right. the Aurora Borealis moves up and down while this moves side to side. So they're confused as to what this is or where it's coming from kind of, but they know that it's not the same thing as Aurora Borealis, which they had previously thought it was. Uh, and this is coming out of Canada. Like I said, kind of interesting. I wonder if you can yeah. see it there in Norway. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I'm sure I can. I just—I mean, that's—it's—I mean, it's up high enough, but is it on the right side of the 
globe or I guess I don't really know. Yeah, about yeah, this. yeah. that's true. But I I, I saw some uh, picture that was talk, uh, taken in Alta. Alta is in Norway. That first picture Paul there. Paul a photograph Banff. Uh, Banff Alta. I think that might be Atlanta. Alta is also a place in Norway. So. Right. Uh, oh, the Alberta, Canada. Oh, okay. It, there's a period after it, you see. Ah, okay. Yeah. Alta is in, in the north. That's why I thought maybe it was in Norway. Banff, uh, Alberta, Canada, I guess is where that yeah. picture was taken, yeah. It is a pretty cool picture. I mean, it's like... Oh, yeah. Definitely doesn't look like what I've seen pictures of Aurora Borealis, which... Oh, no, no. I've seen pictures. I've never seen it in real life. Have you ever? Yeah, I'm sure you've seen it in real life, right? <laughs> yeah. Of course I have. Yeah. But this does not look like that. It looks like... I don't. The first picture kind of looks like if you just saw a spaceship take off, but the spaceship's no longer in the photo, right? Yeah. Have you ever seen it? No. I live in Norway. Never but seen I've it. never seen it, right? Yeah. I don't I know. Shut my eyes. Maybe, maybe you don't go out at night. I don't know. Uh. You're a sure. reverse reverse vampire. I am a re- reverse pa- vampire. 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 <laughs> okay, whatever Luke said. Say vampire in a Transylvanian vampire. accent. Vampire. There you go. See, you have no problem in a vampire. Transylvanian accent. No. I, I. By the way, I am so happy that I don't have to speak French uh, on Friday. Well, we'll talk about that a little later. Let's wrap uh, the news up. One last story real quick. Uh, yes. Which I, I am so happy we really that we're talking about this. Super yes, in-depth, because not like anything super big, but Satanic Temple unveils goat statue in protest <laughs> of Ten Commandments in Arkansas. Yay! Uh, uh, good people of Arkansas and supporters of religious liberty, I prevent, present you with Baphomet. With that, the Satan- Satanic Temple co-founder unveiled a bronze seven-and-a-half-foot-tall goat-headed statue at the First Amendment rally before the state capitol in Little Rock, Arkansas today. Uh... The statue was brought there in response to a monument of the Ten Commandments being erected near the Capitol last year and reinstalled in April. Uh, the monument, which was sponsored by Arkansas Senator Jason Rapart, was later smashed up after a man drove his car into it within days of its installation. Uh, this year, in April, it was erected again. So they took this... Well, it's a big statue of Satan, and they took it down there to... Um, protest the Ten Commandments being in front of the Capitol. Because they, uh, I'm guessing they, well, it kind of in a way is a protest against the, uh, for the chep- separation of church and state. Right. But I think these, these guys are more protesting it because they don't want Christianity anywhere near, uh, anywhere near their government, I guess. So... I mean, they are Satanists. I guess that makes sense. I mean... You would kind of assume as a Satanist that if anything, anybody who's in, a re- uh, in like the other side of the religion is going to be against you, right? Yeah. So, yeah. if it, it, in a way, it makes sense uh, if you think about it, if you, if you think about it as a Satanist, I guess, <laughs> which is weird to think about. Oh, I think about this every day and night because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Satanist now, suddenly. 
that that's that's okay i that's so funny uh that i said that because it was some i don't remember who it was uh um if i did i wouldn't say but it will it it was one of the first times i was like no 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 i'm i'm not a, a religious man anymore i'm an atheist one of my christian friends like oh so you became a satanist like <laughs> that isn't that isn't I saw, not the same like, i saw it, a m- meme yesterday fro it was a meme that was like it said Atheism equals Satanism, and then yeah. the, the equal sign was crossed out, and underneath it, it said, "We don't play with any of your imaginary friends." <laughs> That's funny. So, what is uh, Tron going to tell the truth about this week? Right, Tron tells the truth uh, on how to sell a political message, or having to sell a political message. This is Tron. Where Tron tells the truth. I have now packed my suitcase and going to Oslo. For a few days, and I'm going to be in a drug conference. We're going to talk with a lot of people from the legalization environment and a lot of people, former cops on legalization. Well, one thing I thought about this issue, as many other issues, is that it always have to be about left versus right. So, what we have to talk about and think about when it comes to this issue and a lot of the other issues, how to sell it to both sides. Okay, let's let me drug spot. The liberals versus socialists and so on. Yes, the left always think that the people on the right are only want to hurt people and, and versa versa. But what about selling this as an issue, common issue for common sense? Well, first you can sell it back. To the right, you can sell it by, by saving money. Legalization, we save a lot of money. They want to fight on crime, yes. If you reduce the people... You put in jail for smoking pot and so on. You will save a lot about money. You can use on real crime. For example, fight against terror, who they are obsessed about. But when, when it also comes to environmental politics, I see a lot of people, also the right versus the left. Like some people on the right don't believe in climate change, and most people on the left do. But what about selling the solution on, on, a, on a good, smart scale? Like, if everybody could produce their own electricity, that would be good for the economy. Yes, if solar panel could produce most of what we need, wouldn't that be good for all individuals, saving money and so on? That's just a few examples. But if you're going to win elections, you have to draw people from the other side over to your side. Then you have to think about how you sell that message to different groups of people. Of course, I can go into a Bernie Sanders crowd and get every people to be agree with me. But I also have to think about how do I get into another crowd and that, who doesn't believe in those things or necessarily, but how to sell it to them. Because you're not going to win them over ideology anyway. So how can you ma- make them go for the message anyway? A lot of people think that all elections is about ideology. No, the hardcore ideologists are on the both sides. There are a lot of people in the middle and people who switch between left and right uh, from election to election, things otherwise. So what we have to think about now is how to sell the message to different audience. Republicans have been good at that. Not people on the left, liberals and socialists and social democrats and so on, have to do the same. This was Trump. Trump tells the truth. Have a nice day.
That was Trun telling the truth. We have an email address. It's another digital citizen at gmail.com. Don't let me say it that fast. It's another digital citizen in one at gmail.com. We don't have an email this week. Check out our Facebook page. It's another digital citizen on Facebook. Become a member. Invite other people that you think could be interested in joining the fun. Hey, before we talk about what we watched on TV, because we both watched this on TV, um, let's talk about Celebrity Big Brother. And it was uh, star- it started this week, and they called it in the eye of the storm. Why did they call it in the eye of the storm? Right? I was very confused as to why they did, because at least I didn't find out why until the day <laughs> after, right? Because the first episode the happened, after, yeah. and there was no kind of talk about what was going on. And then the I next day, storm? like later in the day, all of a sudden we find out, wait, Stormy Daniels was supposed to be in Celebrity Big Brother oh. UK. And then it started to come out... Uh, she backed out for some reason and nobody really knew why. And the celebrity mm-hmm. big brother production was saying that the, she wanted more money. And she was saying that the production was or her lawyer. Her lawyer was saying that the production was trying to control her character, uh, trying to make her, you know, play a specific role and she didn't want to do it. And then today, or maybe last night, stormy Daniels comes out and says it had nothing to do with either of those things. And that it was all just uh, she um, wanted to be with her kid and that she was worried that something might happen with the Paul Manafort trial. Guess what? It did (laughs) literally like Mm -hmm. a day later. So she was, Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe she was tipped off that that was going to happen. And maybe that's why uh, she didn't stay in the Big Brother house. That's I'm thinking that there's a good possibility that that's what happened because she was like so ready to like. It wasn't like they talked to her and then emailed back and forth oh, sh- and things fell through. <laughs> no, she was there. She was in at, England. She was yeah. in England. They had already filmed yeah. her VT. And let's go and watch the VT because it's never going to play on actual television. So why don't we watch it here? Because nope. we found it online. We did. And we're going to play it in three, two, one, go. Whoa. There it is. Hi, I'm Stormy Daniels, and I'm best known for being an adult film star who brought trouble to the White House. <laughs> trouble to the White House. I'm currently involved in a huge media storm involving the United States president, and it has been shown on every news outlet around the world. And yeah, New York Post, such a reputable news source. <laughs> they couldn't find a better newspaper to put up there. Everybody loves a good scandal, especially if it involves sex. I know a lot of people think they know everything about me based on things they've read or their own opinions. I don't think anybody thinks I think that. I'm about to prove everyone no. wrong. I took on the U.S. president, but now I'm here to take on the Big Brother house. You think you've seen a storm? You haven't seen nothing yet. Oh, right. Stormy Daniels. And so this season was supposed to be basically completely uh, just all about Stormy Daniels. So 
It's mm-hmm. called the Eye of the Storm. The ch- like the yeah. chair in the in the room is a big storm. Um, the there there's like a special house that's the White House. Uh, they yeah. made somebody the president, who they ended up making it Christy Alley, who's on this show as mm-hmm. well, which ended up being interesting because she's a Scientologist. And did you see the episode? It doesn't want to talk about Scientology. I can understand not wanting to like discuss it in like on on camera or whatever, but she right. did it in a way where she was like, kind of like so unrespectful. I was gonna yeah. say jerky about it, where she just kind of like he's like, I kind of want to know about this. You could you tell me just a little bit? And she's just like laughing, like yeah. no, no, I can't. No, no. She was like, if you want to so, find yeah. out about Christianity, read the Bible, and it's like. That's not the only way you find out about things is just reading the books. No. So Kirstie Alley uh, is maybe the most famous one. Uh, Ryan Thomas is from Coronation Street. Chloe Ailing is most known for being kidnapped or she says she's kidnapped. Uh, Rodrigo Alves is most known for looking for as the human Kendall. And, yeah, he really looks like a human Kendall. (laughs) I guess. I mean, it just looks creepy to me, to be honest. But, I I mean, I see him and I almost feel bad for the guy, but he seems happy enough. I mean, the thing is, he's a nice enough guy. He seems like a nice enough guy, except for the whole you know, racist tirade where he said the N word yeah. a couple times. He said neighbor multiple times. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe he's not that great of a guy, but it, it just like looking at him kind of just creeps me out a little bit. Gabby Allen and uh, known from Love Island. Hadrup Singh Cooley that I thought was going to be the coolest man in there. He's a comedian. Kind of a douchebag. Really, um, I I think he's my favorite in there. I think everybody. Really? I think they're all making him out to be a douchebag, but I think he's just being himself, and everybody else is offended by just him being himself. Um. Then we have Dan Asborn, that is a former uh, part of Taui. I have no clue what that is. Um. Then we have Ben Jordine that uh, uh, was unmarried by at first sight. We haven't really seen much about him. He's he's been hiding. He's he has almost not been on any uh, episodes so far. They have at least not focused a lot on him. Uh, well, the first episode they talked all about uh, about him quite a bit, but yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that. Then we have Roxanne Pallet. Uh, she's uh, known for Ammerdale. Then we have a Premier League football player called German Pennant. He's kind of boring. Then uh, we have <coughs> Luke's favorite, Natalie Dunn from uh, You Never Have Heard of This Bad Girls Club because I don't. I never watched that series. Never. She. That's Luke. She Luke just makes Americans look so horrible. <laughs> She's the worst. She it's like this is what everybody in other countries think Americans <laughs> act like and she is projecting that and making it a reality for those people. She's so fucking awful. And but I I'm so happy to see her because she's from one of my favorite uh, reality shows. Bad girl. Sure. Club. Okay. I mean uh, it, it, it's all manufactured uh right. Uh 
whatever, a- outrage. The part where she gets all mad at the guy for uh, cooking. <laughs> not telling. Uh, not, yeah. We're not t- not letting other people cook in the kitchen. Then in the morning, he goes, yeah. hey, you want to you wanna cook? breakfast okay. natalie and she's like no yeah <laughs> you're no. like oh my god <laughs> or, or she she's like oh tell everybody your storm tell everybody what you did wrong i don't know you i don't know anybody here right no, she doesn't realize they're all celebrities awful. and she's insulting them by saying like i have no clue she at one point really? she says most of the people watching probably don't know who you are you know how insulting <laughs> that is to somebody who's on celebrity big brother yeah then we have Nick Leeson, that is known for bringing down Britain's old bank. Uh, he was um, uh, he lost eight hundred million pounds in illegal trades. That's a lot of money, right? And the bank and completely shut Sal- down, right? Yes. And uh, then we have Sally Morgan, uh, that is most known for being a fucking awful woman. See, she's a celebrity psychic and claims that uh, Princess Diana used her. Right, and people in there seem to believe it. <laughs> or at least, like, they're buying into oh, it. She's so awful. She's so awful. She made the one girl cry. Or actually, she made yeah. the guy cry as well. But, I mean, yeah. she's good at what she does. I'll give her that. She's a good con artist, you know? so She's a fantastic and the last thing we yeah, got to but... talk about from Celebrity Big Brother before we move on to something else, the wall task mm-hmm. pissed people off in oh, America, so bro. Funny. People so in America funny. were so mad about the wall task because they thought <laughs> it was taking the, the mickey out of our uh, something that people take very seriously here. And it was. Yeah. And I thought it was hilarious yeah. with the people, yeah, the so Hillary, giant Hillary head and the giant Trump head and like the Kim Jong-un. <laughs> very good. Un, yeah. Yeah, no, um... So far, maybe the best uh, celebrity Big Brother so far. Well, in a while, I am in a really... while, in a while for sure. Huh? In a while for sure, but I don't know it, ever. But it's a really good one so far. It, I'm I'm super enjoying it. And nobody's like, left I... the house. How in the yeah. in the last five years, how many celebrity Big Brothers in the first week has somebody left the house? Like every single oh, one. <laughs> every single one, yeah. And uh, it almost happened this week as well. It almost happened with the young, young, uh, uh, the youngest. She's like, she started crying. And, oh, right. Because uh, Natalie yeah. made her feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> she almost left. Yeah, no. Uh, and it's uh, Natalie against uh, Shadip in the, um, who's going home. I really, really, really hope it's her. I, but if I almost know guarantee British, it's going to be her. But yeah, if I know the British audience, maybe they want to keep her for the drama. Yeah, maybe, and maybe they don't like Hardeep for the same reasons you don't like him. Which yeah. I mean, I don't get it. Honestly, when it comes to humor, he's got the same sense of humor I do, Fro. Doesn't he? Mm. The very dry, like uh, I don't really care kind, kind of humor. And so I kind of connect yeah. with him that way, I guess. He is a little bit of a creep with the younger ladies, though. Yeah, a little. <clears throat> yeah, another thing me and Luke watched this week was uh, uh, this enchantment. Did you see the whole thing? No, I only saw half of it. Yeah, I've seen um, uh, half of it as well. Um, I think I saw it's, five uh, episodes, maybe six. I think five and a half. I think I stopped halfway through six. 
Okay, I've seen. Uh, I think I've seen four or five. Okay, but it's a big meh. Yeah, it's not as it is not as good as I thought it would be. That's for sure. I felt like there were a yeah. lot of recycled jokes, like jokes I've seen other yeah. places that were just recycled and put in here. Um, yeah, and I I like the world in a way, like the oh yeah, yeah. the world you're put into. But then there are certain parts of it that I'm like, this is just stupid, and not in a good yeah. way. Stupid, like just dumb. Yeah. Now, the best storyline is the elf. Uh, I think that's one of the things that keeps me interested, is the elf storyline. Where I mean, it's all one storyline, kind of. I mean, it, like, the well, three characters story. are all going together. But thing that really I didn't like, after there was the storyline going where, with the marriage, right? And that only well, lasts, what, two episodes? And then two the third episodes, episode, yeah. you just move on to something completely different? I thought that was going to be yeah. the basis of the whole season, and it really wasn't. Yeah, me too. So... Yeah, no, it wasn't. No, I give it a uh, meh out of five. Yeah, a meh out of five as well. I was kind of, oh, it's not Simpsons, it's not Futurama, it's something new. And it felt really trite and old, and that's maybe what I feel is the most um, hard critic. The worst critic of it that I can give is, like, it feels used it feels it doesn't there it's not bringing anything new to the table at all yeah i agree anything else you watched this week i got a few other things well i saw well before i go into the last thing i saw uh the sinner still really good but we found out this week it's about a cult so uh if you're interested in tv shows about cults or the when we cover cults on the show this season of The Sinner, the last season was not about that, but this season seems to be about a cult as of this episode, but who knows, everything could change. Um, the Soup That's Not the Soup, Joel McHale Show, Joel McHale Fro, got canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. This week. So, I'm a, I'm I'm upset about it, but that other show with the late, the comedian who did the, uh, the White House press dinner, she yeah. also, her, also, her show canceled. also got canceled, which... Not yeah. not surprised by that one because that was awful, a bad show. Awful, awful show. One of the worst comedy shows I ever seen. Uh, and then the last thing I saw this week was Strange Angel finale. Uh, oh, cool! That means somebody, me, is going to bench it next week. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. They're definitely second setting up for a second season. Um, but they wrapped cool. this ending up pretty well, and it's it's weird. I feel like. I feel like they're making the show for Christian Republicans just to scare them. <laughs> Explain that. Well, it's about rocketry and Satanism, so I think it's supposed to make them think that, you know, uh, technology is the devil or something like that. I don't know, you just have to watch it, but it very it feels okay. like it's trying to scare uh, Christian Republicans to me. Cool. I am going to binge that to next week and tell you what I thought about it because I have waited to say, oh, that was the last episode to see it because I like to binge things. Yep, 10 episodes. So pretty easy watch, actually. Yeah. Um, What was also a really easy watch and something I really enjoyed. If you are at all interested in 
what I call European soccer. <laughs> it's uh, all or nothing, Manchester City. Um, I, I find it funny when we talked about this on Sunday, Luke was thinking it was all about Manchester City uh, and the city of Manchester and not the, the football team. Right, I thought it was a travel show <laughs> that only was in the one city, which would not be a very good travel show when you think about it. <laughs> Worst travel show ever. Uh, so, Here's yeah, the river. That's one whole episode. <laughs> Here's the stadium. Here's the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, it was really, really, really great. Uh, I'm a huge uh, football fan, as you know, um, and uh, not a hand egg one, but with the foot. Um, but yeah, I will give this 8.5 out of 10. Oh, you have okay. to have a. Yeah, I think you have to have some kind of interest in football to enjoy it. Right. Right. So, if 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 football isn't your thing, if you don't really care about English Premier League, uh, I still recommend it, strangely enough. But uh, I'm just saying, go in with it. Maybe not with extremely high expectations, because uh, maybe you will be somewhat uh, disappointed if you think this is going to be one fantastic show. But uh, it's like, it's a fantastically good insight in how to run a football club and how much, uh, how much uh, around it and how much uh, the players... Uh, feel for football club and yeah i really really enjoyed it so yeah that's my recommendation of the week okay well let's move on to our main topic yeah operation mockingbird uh and no not the m&m song is that an m&m song i guess so hmm. oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. so what is uh operation mockingbird Operation Mockingbird was an alleged large-scale program in the United States Central Intelligence Agency that began in the early 1950s and attempted to manipulate news media for propaganda purposes. Fake news. It funded student and cultural organizations and magazines as front organizations. According to writer Deborah Davis, Operation Mockingbird recruited leading American journalists into a propaganda network that oversaw the operation's of front groups. Uh, CIA support of front groups was exposed after the 1967 Ramparts Magazine article reported uh, that National Students Associated Association received funding from the CIA. In the 1970s, congressional investigations and reports also revealed agency connect- connections with journalists and civic groups. Yeah, but none of this... Uh, report. Uh, no, that, that stuff we're going to get into at the end, so we'll save that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll go into the history, I guess. In the early years of the Cold War, efforts were made by governments in the Soviet Union and the United States to use media companies to influence public opinion. Uh, Deborah Davis again claimed uh, Catherine Graham, owner of the Washington Post, uh, that the CIA ran Operation Mockingbird during this time. 
So she wrote a biography about Catherine Graham, the owner of the Washington Post, which I'm assuming is, if you've ever seen the movie The Post, the rich lady. That yes. they're Yeah. Yes. So that's who they're talking about. Uh, Davis claimed the International Organization of Journalists was created as a communist front organization and received money from Moscow and controlled reporters in every newspaper in Europe disseminating stories that promoted uh, the communist cause. Uh, Davis claimed Frank Wisner, director of the Office of Policy Coordination, had created Operation Mockingbird in response to the IOJ incurring Phil Graham from the Washington Post to run the project within the industry. Uh, By the 1950s, Wisner owned respected members of the New York Times, Newsweek, CBS, and other communication vehicles. Uh, Davis claimed that after Cord Meyer joined the CIA in 1951, uh, he became the principal uh, operative in Operation Mockingbird. Mm. It's really, really, really interesting. So that was kind of the first evidence that came out about it, right? Should we talk about the Rolling Stone article? Uh, yes. Why don't you go into that? Uh, the CIA and media uh, was called it. Uh, reporter uh, Carl Bernstein wrote that uh, by the 1953 CIA director Alan Dulles oversaw the media network, which had major influence over 25 newspaper and wire agency. Its usual mundus operandi was uh, to place reports developed from CIA-provided intelligence with cooperating and unwitting reporters. Those reports would be uh, repeated or cited by uh, receptant reporters who would then, in turn, be cited through the media wire service. These networks were run by people, well, well-known liberal but pro-American big business and anti-Soviet use, such as we don't William really need, as... we don't we need to go into all the names. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's that would just be boring. But that is interesting. Yeah. It's run. Uh, this is according to Carl Bernstein, which is Woodward yeah. and Bernstein, as in the Watergate yes. scandal. So this is not a yes. just a- everyday reporter. This is a very legit but. journalist. Um, and he says. Uh, the networks were run by well-known liberal and pro-American big business with anti-Soviet views. This sounds mm-hmm. freaking familiar. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound kind of familiar. I don't, I don't understand what you're, you're, you're um, alluding to, Luke. What are you alluding to? <sighs> yeah. Um. Not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, should we go into the documents? Uh, actually, we're going to do the church... Com- uh, we'll go into the congressional investigation since it's next, and we'll do the church... We'll do the video, and then we'll do the documents. Okay. Yeah? Cool. Uh, sure. After the Watergate scandal in 1972-1974, the U.S. Congress became concerned over the possibility of presidential abuse of the CIA. Uh it, this concern reaches height with Seymour Hirsch public, published an expose of CIA de- domestic surveillance in 1975. 
A wide range of CIA operations were examined in the investigations, including CIA ties with journalists and numerous private, private voluntary organizations. Uh, the most extensive discussion of the CIA relations with the news media from these investigations is in the Church Committee final report published April 1976. Uh, so let's go to that video of the Church Committee hearings because they actually talk about this uh, in the hearing. Uh, you'll notice he says in, the in this that uh, a few times they ask him questions and he says, I, I don't really want to cover that in full detail because... I'll cover it in a closed door sh session. So there are things right. they didn't cover on here that you kind of have to just read between the lines. But go ahead and give me a countdown whenever you're ready for. And uh, this was uh, committed in 1975. Just right. So. And this we actually talked about this committee, the same committee we talked about when we talked about the heart attack, CIA heart attack right. gun. Yeah. Right. And we play this in three, two, one. Testimony from 1975, Church Committee. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American journal? We do have people who submit pieces to other to American journals. Do you have any people paid by the CIA? who are working for television networks. This, I think, gets into the kind of uh, getting into the details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into an executive session. Do you have any... I think that means yes. <laughs> Otherwise, he would just say no, right? The CIA yeah. ...who are contributing to the... National News Services, AP and UPI. Well, again, I think we're getting into the kind of detail, Mr. Chairman, yes. that I'd prefer to handle in executive <laughs> session. I thought that it was a matter of... Uh, and this is an interview with Frank Church. ...that planted story is intended to serve a national purpose abroad, um, came home and were circulated here and believed here because uh, this would mean that the CIA could manipulate the news in the United States by channeling it through some foreign country. Now we're looking at that very carefully. We have quite a lot of detailed information uh, and we will evaluate it and we will include any um, evidence of wrongdoing or any evidence of impropriety in our final report and make recommendations. Senator, do you think that you name the news organizations in your final report? Uh, that, that remains to be decided. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right, now go down to the uh, description there of the video, Fro. Okay. And there's a little quote from the church committee final report from 1976, so when they actually came out with the report, uh, they made this. It says, 
The CIA currently maintains a net. This is from the final report from the Church Committee hearings. The CIA currently mm-hmm. maintains a network of several hundred foreign individuals around the world who provide intelligence for the CIA and at times attempt to inf- influence opinion through the use of covert propaganda. These individuals provide the CIA with direct access to large numbers to a large number of newspapers and periodicals, scores of press services and news agencies, radio and television stations, commercial book publishers, and other foreign media outlets. Approximately 50 of the agency's assets are individual American journalists or employees of the U.S. media organizations. Of these, fewer than half are accredited by the U.S. media organization. The remaining individuals are non-accredited freelance contributors and media uh, representatives. More than a dozen United States news organizations and commercial publishing houses formally provided cover for the CIA agents abroad. A few of these organizations were unaware that they provided this cover. Wow. So that's what came out of the church uh, hearings about this whole thing. It's pretty. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, scary. It's... Yeah. Uh, relevant to what we're going through today. Maybe is another one. Yeah. Yeah. It feels. It feels nearly like this is happening right now. It says here. <laughs> uh, Prior to the release of the church report, the CIA had already begun restricting its use of journalists. According to Mm. a report, former CIA director William Colby informed the committee in 1973 he had issued instructions as a general policy the agency will not make use of any clandestine staff employees of of U.S. publications which have substantial impact or influence on public opinion. But that doesn't... The whole thing that they were saying here is that what the CIA would do is they would they would write up an article or have one of their uh, CIA uh, CIA uh, journalists write up an article and they would give it to somebody in a foreign country, and then they would have people in America cite that foreign article so that they wouldn't have anything to do with the original publication, uh, kind of giving the CIA one step removed. Does that make sense? Hmm. So this saying that they wouldn't uh, have anybody on staff from a U.S. publication doesn't change the fact that they could have somebody on staff in another country. See? Mm. So the wording is very important. Uh, In February 1976, director George H.W. Bush, former president, uh, Mm. this is director of the CIA, George H.W. Bush, announced he would be more restrictive on the policy effective immediately. CIA will not enter any paid or... contractual relationships with any full or part-time news correspondent accredited by any U.S. news service, newspaper, periodical, radio, or television station. So, that's Mm. right. Uh, George H.W. Bush was the director of the CIA. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So now let's check out some docs. Uh, Yeah. What should we look at first? Go to the Black Vault. Com. I like this website. If anybody is interested in kind of actually figuring out what conspiracy theories are actually about and not just uh, going with whatever you believe um, because that's what you what supports your uh, side of things, 
uh, Black Vault is a great place because they actually have real government documents uh, saved on this website for you to check out uh, to see if what people were saying is true or not. So, uh, Operation Mockingbird was a secret campaign in the United States uh, CIA to influence the media. Uh, it says here, the organization recruited leading American journalists. As it develops, it also worked to influence foreign media and political campaigns in addition to activities by others operating units in the CAA. So we're going to go to the documents. These are the declassified documents from a uh, Freedom of Information Act request. Um, yes, by Greenwald. Right, yeah, and this, it. it even says these are the only oh, documents. Yeah. It says right here at, uh, when you read on the previous page, according to the CIA, these are all the available records on Project Mockingbird. And there's only seven pages, and one of those pages is a letter about the Freedom of Information Act request, so that really has nothing to do with the actual content. So there's actually only like six pages of content here. Yeah, and some of it has been blacked out. Right, some of it's been redacted. Um, but if you go through this, did you go through this, Fro? What did you get out of this, yes. I guess? Um, well, I want to go to three. Um, Page three. Okay. There, yes. Uh, and point three, uh, where it says, Project Mockingbird, during the period from 12th of March 1963 to 15th of June 1963, this office installed telephone taps on two Washington-based newsmen who were a subject of disclosing classified information obtained from variety of government and congressional sources. Does that sound a little like WikiLeaks? <laughs> <coughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little, a little bit. Uh... A little bit. It says here, various surveillance and support activities. These are briefly summarized and range from surveillance of newsmen to provisions of specific support of local police uh, officials in the metropolis area. I believe that each one of these self-explanatory and therefore no further comment is needed. I don't think it's very <laughs> self-explanatory because I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. It says, yes. sometimes we got to wiretap newsmen and give uh, financial support to the local police. And then, and then the next sentence says, no further comment is needed. You don't need to explain that. Why would we need to explain that? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. It's, it, this is so fucking weird. Uh, yeah, this but if you so really go through this, it has nothing to do with what we consider Project Mockingbird, because no. uh, it says here, the telephone intercepts, which is what we were talking about before, connections were installed in the newsman's office and at, and at each of their homes, a total of three each. The connections were established with the assistance of the telephone company, uh, who responded for a personal request from the director. The intercept activity was predict particularly productive in identifying contacts of newsmen, their methods of operation, and many of their sources of information. For example, mm. it was determined that during these periods they received data from 13 other newsmen, 12 of whom ended up being identified. 
So by tapping these three guys' phone, they were able to find 12 other n- news people uh, that, were also, that also knew about this information. Uh, 12 senators, six members of Congress, 21 congressional staff members, 11 who were identified, 16 government employees, including staff, members of the White House, members of the vice president's office, the assistant attorney general, and other well-placed individuals. Holy crap. So all these people ended up in the net of their surveillance just because they covered, uh-huh. because they uh, wiretapped these three news people. So, uh-huh. but that, as far as, and then it says here, since the termination of Project Mockingbird, those materials related to it, which retained, have been maintained under strict security access uh, of the Office of Security uh, Professionals. So they're saying here, this this is what the, uh, they're saying was the actual Project Mockingbird was wiretapping mm-hmm. these two uh, or these three journalists, which ended up kind of also within that web of surveillance. All those other people kind of got stuck into it. But that doesn't sound like the Operation Mockingbird I know about. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. About that at all. So, maybe we got to remember a lot of this stuff is redacted, and this is just what they put out from the information request. So, there could be more information as far as documents out there about this, but this is the only documents we have, and they don't seem to support the concept of Project Mockingbird that we're thinking about. At least, uh, let me repeat what we originally said allegedly large scale program of the CIA. Attempting to manipulate news and propaganda, uh, news media for propaganda purposes. It seemed more like they were just uh, spying on the news media in this, in at least in right. this thing, right? Right. So where should we go next? The other documents I found. So I was doing research on that, and I I went to the that black vault area uh, and checked out the Project Mockingbird documents, and I went. This is not very satisfying <laughs> because it really doesn't yeah. give you any answers and it mm. actually brings up more questions about them wiretapping journalists, but it doesn't tell you anything about whether or not they were employing anybody or putting out fake things or whatever. So I went to this, uh, this is a little older, um, 1977. Oh, so it's pretty close actually. Um, 1976. So I wrote down page three and four. Go to page three and four. Okay. Over the years, this is a statement written by the uh, office of the director of the CIA. Over the years, the CIA has had a relationship with individuals in many walks of life. These relationships, many voluntary and unpaid nature. Um, genuine concern has recently been expressed by the CIA's relations with newsmen and churchmen, meaning... Mm clergymen and things like that. The agency does not believe there has been any impropriety on its part in the limited use made of persons connected in the way with with American media, church, and missionary organizations. So they're saying right here, we definitely were... Tried. Uh, no, it yeah. says limited use made. So they it might not have been much, but it was they was use made of persons connected with the American media. Right. They just said it right here, whether they want, meant to or not. Uh, right. Nonetheless, CIA recognizes the special status afforded to these institutions under the Constitution. And in order to avoid the appearance of... In, in order to avoid any appearance of improper use by the agency, uh, the DCI decided to reverse the policy of 
government agency relations with the groups immediately. Uh, CA will not enter into any paid. This is the part I was talking about uh, earlier. Any paid contractual relationships with any full or part-time news correspondence. Um, it says here, CIA has no secret or paid contra- contractual relationships with any American clergy or missionaries. Uh, <laughs> this practice will be continued at, as a matter of policy. Uh, where's the other part that I was... All right. As soon as feasible, the agency will bring existing relationships with individuals in these groups, meaning news media, newspapers, uh, periodicals, radio or television networks. As soon as feasible, the agency will bring existing relationships with individuals in these groups into conformity with the new policy. So they're saying at this time, they definitely did have people working in the press uh, as CIA agents. There's proof right there. You're reading it. Yeah. So let's go to page 15. 15? Yep. Okay. Page 15, and you'll see this like part that's kind of highlighted. This is a, let's see, what is this? CIA Operations Center News Service Report. So this is a document that was given to the CIA to tell the CIA, hey, somebody in the news is talking about us. All right? Okay. This guy says, The committee has no plans to call reporters to probe their coverage, says Fontroy. I don't have personal interest in finding out whether certain news reporters have other purpose other than disseminating the de- oh the dissemination of news to the public. Um, he cited a 1973 story in Washington Star News reporting that the CAA had some 40 journalists as undercover contacts. Uh, Fortroy continues, one of those identified has been assigned to cover our committee. I want to know if any other of these 39 uh, journalists are covering our committee. Mm. The journalist cited by Fortroy was... uh, The the newspaper said he was not paid by the CAA, but only passed on information he picked up during the foreign assignments. Uh, O'Leary is presently recovering in a hospital from a heart attack. Kind of, I like that end part because remember heart attack gun, bro. This guy mm-hmm. was they uh, this Fautry guy found out through another newspaper that this guy O'Leary was working for um, a newspaper, but he was also giving information to the CIA. But the CIA said we're but uh, yeah, but we're not paying him anything. That's what they're saying. Mm. Uh, mm. And then right after that, O'Leary is recovering from a heart attack in the hospital. Mm. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. And the last thing to check out here is page 19. 19? Okay. Okay, so this is a memorandum for the director of of the CIA. uh, And it's referencing a letter from Fautroy, the guy who found out about these 40 newsmen that were working for the CIA. Uh, so this is a, a kind of a list of things that this guy needs to know about Fautroy. In connection with the clippings forward to Mr. Fautroy, we are attaching a memorandum of the 19, uh, December 4th, 1973, which explains how the information concerning journey... This is the most important part. Concerning journalists affiliated at the time with the agency became public. Mm. They're saying 
this we're we're sending you stuff that says how he found out about this. We don't know right, how he right. got it, but here's what we think. Uh, the memorandum signed by Mr. Colby, that's the direct that was the former director of the F, uh, CIA, also outlines the attempts by uh, Mr. Colby to get the star to defer publication of the information. Wow. He tried to get them to not publish not the publish names. it, yeah, yeah. So there you go. I think that's the most important stuff from that wow. as well. Um, and that was during the JFK <laughs> administration that those came out. Uh, well, or uh, when they were made, and then they were released right. later. But that's wow. interesting stuff. Now, that is interesting. before we wrap this up, I want you to read something from. Okay. Click on that link underneath there. Anderson Cooper yep. Wikipedia page, right? Yeah. Now read his career there. During college, Cooper spent two summers as an intern at the CIA while studying political science. He pursued journalism with no formal journalistic education. There you go. Himself, yeah. He worked for and the CIA so, when yeah. he went to school, not as yeah. a journalist, and now he's a journalist. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe I would even he's... argue he's one of the most famous journalists in America, if not maybe the world. Yeah. So maybe I'm not saying. Uh... I'm just saying that that <laughs> you're not saying. You're just saying. Here's uh, <laughs> the CIA connections to mainstream media are well documented. Take Operation Mockingbird for example. Blah blah. blah. Uh, where did did I? Oh, here we go. The information. Um, above makes it clear why it should really come as no surprise that Anderson Cooper, a CNN's primary anchor, the host of uh, CNN's Andrew Cooper since 360s, has intel uh, intelligence agency connections. So it shouldn't be surprising. Uh, no. Probably still, but it probably still does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the document presented above shows a close relationship with reporters uh, in every major network. What lends more credibility to the hypothesis is the fact that while attending Yale University, he uh, interned for the CAA, like we mentioned. Furthermore, his uncle, William Henry Vanderbilt, was an executive officer of the Special Operations Branch of OSS under the spy organization's founder, Bill, Bill Donovan. He also reached the rank of captain uh, of the Navy during World War II. So... Uh, Cooper also hmm. comes from one of the richest families in American history, one of the wealthiest figures on the planet, Cornelius Vanderbilt, known as Commodore Vanderbilt. Hmm. So yeah, uh, if you were if you get into this conspiracy theory and you believe all this stuff, there's a lot of connections you could make to Anderson Cooper as far as uh, the CIA and. You know, just being, uh, maybe if you were into like Illuminati kind of stuff, because there's these super, super yeah. rich people, New World 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 Order kind of connections. You know what I mean? Hmm. That is interesting. That is I, really really interesting. I, 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 I never knew this, but Anderson Cooper's first job as a uh, entry level employee uh, was an, an ABC answering telephones. Uh, finding it hard to get his door in, his foot in the door on uh, on-air reporting, he decided to enlist in 
the help of a friend in making a fake press pass. <laughs> At the time, Cooper was working as a fact checker for a smaller agency, Channel One, which I remember Channel One. Fro is Channel One is creepy because it was a thing okay. when I was a kid. They would put televisions in every classroom of the school and then play this news thing in the morning. And you you were required, like, it was piped into every classroom and it was required to be played. Uh, but the Channel One people, they gave every school that allowed them to put all these TV, like a TV in every single classroom, they, allow, they gave them free editing equipment and cameras and stuff like that to, like, make a AV tech kind of class, right? But mm-hmm. the trade-off was you got to have your kids watch all this propaganda for 15 minutes every single day. And it's required. Mm-hmm. Like, th- th- to the point where I remember a teacher who didn't like it, and there was no way to turn the TVs off. They, the TVs the Channel 1 people brought in were hardwired, and the broadcast would just turn on. There was no way to shut it off. It was something out of mm. Orwell, in a way. And this is when I was in middle school. So, yeah. Oh. Channel One was creepy, and I even knew that when I was 15. (laughs) So, here's my question. How, because we we, we kind of have to work within the premise of the conspiracy. How proven do you think Operation Mockingbird was, according to what it really was? And what we found out, it is in like an out of ten. Yeah, How, or like a percentage. Um, now out of ten. Well, yeah, it's the same thing. But uh, hmm. let's see. The same from how was proven it, was is it a large scale program? It, well, I think we've proved there's a proof that. Uh, Operation Mockingbird existed. Was it the program that it's suggesting it is that it was used to manipulate the news for propaganda purposes? I guess that's the question we should be asking. Um, And how much evidence for that is there? Really, there's probably four four out of ten for evidence. There's evidence, but it's not a lot. And it's... uh, a little bit scattered and also disconnected. Like some of the evidence, you can't connect those, the pieces of evidence together very well. Like the church committee and the, these uh, JFK documents, like they don't really connect very well. Um, And then you look at the documents from actual operation Mockingbird. And it's like, there's nothing there, but you got to remember a lot of it's probably redacted. So no, I would say a three out of 10. Okay. It's pretty low, yeah. I think it's a little higher than that, especially when you read the letter and he was saying how uh, the one CAA director went to the the newspaper and said, hey, don't run this story. And the, the newspaper ran it anyways, but... Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so there, I mean... I'm, I'm not saying it didn't, but on a large scale. That's, sure. That's the... That's the thing I'm I'm thinking. Was it right. really that Well, large? there was there was proof of the whole thing of them sending news articles to other countries to have them come back to us. Right. Uh which is a bit nefarious and very underhanded, 
And I guess manipul- mm. it's manipulative. It really is. Uh, yeah. But that was a while ago. Is it still happening right now? I think probably something similar to it's happening. I don't know if it's called Operation Mockingbird or not. Mockingbird, yeah. 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 So if you have any thoughts about this, you can email us at anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. Castle Rock, episode six. A little recap, maybe? Uh, Henry learns about the schisma and his adoptive father's connections to it. Henry's son visits from Boston. A funeral stirs up unsettling memories. Meanwhile, the kid sends Alan on a quest to find something he needs for his master plan. Yeah, his master plan of getting him out of the house. Right? (laughs) (laughs) That was the master plan. I was still, I was even confused when it happened, though. I was still, like, even uh, after he ran into the house and he saw everything destroyed, I was still like, wait, so the car wasn't for anything? (laughs) No, it wasn't for, it wasn't for nada. I think it's going to come up in the future again, maybe, but I don't know. You think so? Really? I don't think he would have brought it back. It, it's kind of like uh, Chekhov's gun, you know? It, it, if it's put out there in the thing, you have to use it, kind of. You don't just mm. throw it away. I think there'll be I a d- callback to the car. I don't think there will be a callback I think to maybe it will be like, uh... <laughs> what's his name? Uh, sorry? Say that again? I said we don't agree. <laughs> right. I think it, it might not... It won't be like what you're thinking, but I think it'll be like... Uh, Henry finds out that he brought the car back, and Henry searches the car and finds oh. some piece of evidence. Maybe, maybe that's mm. it. You see, like it doesn't have to be what you're, what they're initially saying. It could still get a callback. So, mm. but yeah, what did you think about this episode all over? Uh, very good. Um, yeah, I really like the ending. Very good cliffhanger ending on this one. Yeah. Uh, mm. let's see. I thought it was weird that she just revealed to him that she killed his dad, she and then he was dad, just kind of yeah. like, "You're crazy." He didn't call the cops and was, it was "This lady killed my father." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We didn't see a lot about her the, other than that, though. Uh, it felt like maybe she was kind of mm, in the background. I think she will. We will well, see more of her, right? Yeah, I mean the but thing uh, is, I, he uh, yeah. didn't because he said he, she was crazy. But now that yeah. he's gone into what they call it the the little room, whatever they called the room, right. that it's in right. the back of the RV. He, I think he's going to be more on her level, and he's actually going to believe her now because he, yeah. you know, can hear the schism. And I think that's what she's yeah. hearing hearing as well. She just can connect yeah. to other people, maybe. Uh, who are also hearing the schism. I don't know, though. Maybe it's not connected at all. That is maybe one of the best scenes of this episode, uh, when he meets those two in in the forest. Yeah, so creepy. And to make the guy deaf, and then you find out why he's deaf, is because, yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, but that's that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the show. It's like the scariness, the creepiness. It, it's not in your face 
scariness with jump scares and demon faces. No. And... Well, there are a couple jump scares, but they're they're small, right? Yeah. 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 But if it, it 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 is more about the feeling than. And right, like making the, you feel uneasy. It really does just yeah. make you feel uneasy the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So what would you give this out of ten? Oh, one other thing that I just saw that I wrote down that confused oh. me. Um, yeah. How the hell did Henry find those people? Because he, he had the, t- the videotape, right? And mm. then the camera went dead, and it was daytime. And we cut away, and we see what happened with the kid. And then we come back, and it's all of a sudden nighttime, and he's found nighttime, these two people. Yeah. I was like, did they yeah. miss, like... Like, what happened with the camera? Did he, like, get the Wait, new battery? Yeah. or Yeah. Right. But out of the ten, Luke, what would you rate this episode? I think last episode was still better, but this uh, it was yeah. still really good, so 8, 8.5. 8.5 as well, yeah. I totally agree with you. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens. Uh, and uh, uh, they moved it to Thursdays now. Uh, just for people that following, really, they moved okay, the, yeah. So they're not releasing episodes on Wednesday anymore, but they are releasing it on Thursdays. Right, but it still gives everybody know. a week to watch it before we yeah. talk about it. So that's good. Yeah, just stop information for people there. So movies, Luke. I have been to the movies. Cool. Uh, I've been to the cinema. Yeah, I watched one of the best movies I've seen this year. On the, the cinema now. Uh, no, I didn't. I watched uh, The Meg. Oh, yeah. I, oh, you said you were going to watch it. Yeah. I, I, yes, 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 yes. Um, I can't remember the last time I laughed so much in <laughs> for the wrong reasons. This is where me and Fro disagree. I think this is supposed to be bad on purpose, but continue. No. I no. think this is a Sharknado situation. If people think this no. is a Sharknado situation where it's supposed no, no. to be bad, the Meg, no. go ahead and email us at anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. But you're wrong, because you haven't seen the movie. I've seen the you poster, have... and that's enough to let me know that this is a Sharknado situation we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. I totally disagree. All right. But yeah, uh, anyway, it is uh, the worst ship movie I've seen this this year. And it's it's so... I, 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 I... It takes itself so fucking serious that it's like, it's like, it's trying, it's trying to be like... Uh, how, like uh, you and me, uh, we, we both uh, watched uh, 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 the one with the big ape this this uh, this year. Uh, sure. What was it called again? Uh, with uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh right, um, they just um, did the Rampage. Cinema Sins Rampage. On it. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yes. Yes. Um, and Rampage doesn't take itself serious at all like you you, yes, you... it did <laughs> that movie did I, I... take itself seriously so now i'm confused i didn't i don't think it did to be honest uh, but yeah no. i think it did okay again we disagreed we agreed to disagree but uh yeah no but i i i i thought that was 
kind of a silly movie. But this is just so freaking bad and over the top serious where everything is like uh, do or die. I sure. this is okay. my first this is my first zero out of ten this year. I I I had this is going to be a movie I watch again and again and again for the wrong reasons. This is a, I'm 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 calling it now. I'm going to call this a cult classic. This is a turkey. This is big fat turkey. Okay. And it is one of the most funniest funniest um, movies I've seen for all the wrong reasons. All right. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I also watched uh, Ocean Eight, the prequel to Ocean Eleven. Right. Okay. Uh, Ocean Eight is uh, the all-woman Ocean Eleven movie. Um, it was okay. <laughs> I never liked those movies. I always thought, thought they were bad. I, I the height the, yeah. they never had a good heist. In any of those ones, the new ones, the, like the original, original, you know, was all right. Yeah, this is the one with all the women. Right, the newest one. Right. Uh, I would give it a five out of ten, maybe. It was okay. Average, super average. Yeah, super average. Uh, what else? I I have a feeling I watch one more movie, but uh, you you go on. Uh, I saw The Most Unknown this week as a documentary um, about, it was in, it was kind of interesting, but um, it was about all a different scientist. So like scientists from the different groups of science. So like a botanist and a astrophysicist or something. So like the botanist would go meet up with the astro- astrophysicist and they'd have this discussion and then the astrophysicist would leave and go talk to a different kind of scientist, maybe a, 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 a physics professor or something like you know that's into uh, quantum mm. mechanics. And they, they they'd talk and they did they did it nine times where it just went from one kind of scientist to another to another, and they talked about uh, just kind of the most unknown things in their specific field with somebody from a different field of science. Um, it was really interesting, kind of bland as far as documentary goes. There was nothing, it was very cookie cutter documentary style, like, Mm. you know, but, uh, and I, I gave it like a five out, 5.5 out of five. I'll give it a 5.5. So like a little, barely above average, but but entertaining and very interesting. So. Of course, now I remember what I uh, saw, and it's kind of ironic that I didn't remember first, because I also saw the last Sharknado movie. It's called The Last Sharknado. It's about time. Uh, It's about time, because it's about time traveling, and it's also about time that it's the last Sharknado. Oh, it's about... Okay, got it. (laughs) See? With Tara Reid and Ian Searing. Um... No. <laughs> it's just bad. Okay. <laughs> like... <laughs> but it's bad on purpose. Again, I'm like yeah. you got to give a little bit of a pass to those kind of movies that are bad on purpose cuz I will give it right. I, I I will give it a 4 out of 10. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh, yeah, I mean Tara Reid is never going to to give us an Oscar nominated performance. No. Either is uh, Ian Suring, so who cares? I'm but, yeah, surprised no, she I, can I, still get work in movies. Uh, I mean, this movie is an exception, I guess, but yeah. But I, I, I liked I, I liked it because it's yeah I I I I, I liked uh, five other Sharknado movies. I mean I watched it because it was uh, yeah <laughs> it was bad yeah I I will say that uh, maybe my favorite one is the fourth just because it's called Sharknado the fourth awakens. <sighs> it's bad. <laughs> is that is that bad? It's terrible. <laughs> what other movie have you seen this week? That's it for me. Oh, you just watch one. I okay. such a busy week. Uh, it's like a drought here. Like people are running out of water because it hasn't rained in so long and it's been so hot. And then I've also been doing firewood and uh, just been crazy busy. And I just watched a lot of TV mostly. So, yeah. Okay, we're going to watch the audio trailer for what I hope is the uh, following to 8 Mile, Mile 22. Do you want to live in a world where everybody feels cozy and validated all the time? Or do you want to live in a world that works? Uh, can't those be the same thing? <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, you know. Was that Ronda Rousey? That's yeah, it looked like it. According to the government, we do not exist. The ghosts, but we are very real. Can we get shit done? Shit done? I get shit done every morning when after I wake up. <laughs> yeah, it is Ronda Rousey. It is Ronda Rousey. Oh, it's the girl from a uh, uh, zombie lady. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking Dead, which I haven't watched in years at this point. This looks so generic. That was actually a pretty cool fight scene, though. But it does look yeah. super generic. This is a movie that like was clearly. Uh, Funded a little bit by the army or the navy or marines or somebody. <laughs> I love that it's rapping in in the trailer though. This is definitely not a commercial for Jeep. It's like. <laughs> yeah, that's super close up on the grill of the Jeep. I know. Looks like a Mark Wahlberg movie, I will give it that. It does. Marky Mark himself. Testosterone! The movie! <laughs> Might be worse. I am a killer who looks like a hero. You feeling calm, Alice? Not even a little. Are you? I'm totally calm. That's because you're mentally unstable. Thank you. 
Are you mentally unstable? Yes. So, Luke, what is this uh, Oscar-nominated movie all about? Wow, this is... We didn't mean to do this. This was not planned. CIA operative James Silva leads a small but lethal paramilitary team on an urgent and dangerous mission. They must transport a foreign intelligence asset from American Embassy to Southeast Asia to an airfield for extraction, a distance of 22 miles. Hence the name. Yeah. Uh, uh, 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Mm -hmm. And 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. 39% on Metacritic, if somebody cares. I guess it's a 46 audience score, 46% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, so... Mm-hmm. 20% to 40% uh, still not great <laughs> no <laughs> but yeah uh, why don't you start with your uh, Facebook let's see I got, this is a kind of a long one and he wrote it in all caps but I'm not going to scream the whole thing so um, okay I saw the movie to, uh, this is by regular Joe moviegoer me that's his name on Facebook uh, I saw this movie today Love anything, uh, almost that Walt. Oh, I love anything almost that Mark Wahlberg does, except this one. Don't waste your time or your money. If you love movies with no plot whatsoever, this might be the one for you. No spoilers here, but I may never know who or why a gang from some country was out to get the guy that Wahlberg and his crew are transporting. It's never revealed in the movie. I know why a bunch of Russians employed uh, karate proficient guy that Wahlberg was transporting, but that's about it. Bullet after bullet was fired, car after car was exchanged at each stop along the way, and more bullets flew. Sure, knives and karate chops were used, but why? They're running into a building, and 20 minutes of bullets flying is all you're going to get. So I'm sad to say the 95-minute movie, about 85 minutes, was sucked up by bullets, karate, car crashing, and other 10 minutes made no sense whatsoever. Uh, Wahlberg is usually a terrific actor, but in this tearjerker, only because I cried about wasting all that time and the $7, his <laughs> acting was, hmm, let me try to encapsulate his acting for you. Hmm. He said a bunch of words. Lots of swearing, but nothing made sense that came out of his mouth. I am beginning to think that the movie business is just that. Show a bit of guns going off, hand grenades, explosions, utter a few words, and grab the money hoping to get uh, a good review. Maybe? So there you go. Stay home or maybe see Alpha, the story of a boy and a wolf. A pretty yeah, good breakdown. Talk, yeah, we will talk about that movie a little later. Uh, Chris M says, frankly, one of the worst movies I've seen, and I've seen quite a few. This movie has no plot development, no character development, and simply confusing at times. Generally, I am a Peter Burke fan, but uh, he needed a quick paycheck and directed this garbage out as quick as he could. Trust me, you'll be begging for the end. CIA could consider using this movie as one of their black sites to torture Al-Qaeda <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why it was made. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg has never been worse. Just really bad. Stay away. Oh, man. Yeah. I got mm -hmm. a couple short, funny ones. Um, let's see. Here's one. Steve Bruno says, 
look at them. Look at all these Wahlberg people. These Wahlberg lovers. These are the same people that makes Dax Shepard and the Backpack Kid possible. The same mutants. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And I got another one from Craig Burgess. He says, the script sucked big time. The action was cool, but the flashbacks were really bad. Save your Moby. This is a red box movie. So remember to save your 1990s DJ and get it on Redbox. Okay. EMB gave this a uh, five star. Once again, Politico raises its ugly head in movies. Okay. This is probably more like a 3.5 movie, but I still give it a five to counteract the political reviews that are is ignoring the actual movie. So, for regular people, this is a good movie. Interesting story with a lot of action. Unlike what it was reported by paid critics, the story is pretty easy to follow, and it pays off. Yes, it does set up for a sequel. It's one I want to see. I hope it makes money. Money on a and a half star of because of the girl from Walking Dead should have the knife on her. Come on, guys. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, he doesn't know the actress's name either, so I don't feel as bad when I'm forgot. <laughs> yeah, so... So what uh, else came out uh, this week? Where do we want to start? Uh, let's start with the two bad ones at the end. So you pick which one yeah. you want to do there. Uh, I want to do Crazy Rich Asians, because okay. I've, I've talked about that. Uh, yeah, um... Uh, it uh, has gotten a uh, 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's really good. Uh, 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb. 74% on Metacritic. Rachel Shu is uh, happy to accompany her longtime bi- boyfriend, Nick, to his best wedding in Singapore. She's also surprised to learn Nick's family is extremely wealthy. And he's considered one of the country's most eligible bachelor. Trust into the spotlight, Rachel now must contend with jealous societies, Kirkley relatives, and something far, far more worse. Nick's disapproving mother. Uh, this uh, uh, is directed by John M. Shu and has uh, a lot of people I have no clue is uh, who is in it other okay. than Ken Young? Well, yeah, right. Okay. From the Ken Ken show, yeah, right, yeah. Okay, other movie came out was Billionaires Billionaire Boys Club. Uh, mm. Five point six out of ten on IMDb. Ten percent, a hardcore ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Young, handsome, and cunning. Based on an incredible true story of a group of wealthy boys from the late eight from LA in in the eighties, who established a get rich quick scheme that turns deadly. Uh, mm-hmm. Directed by James Cox. Uh, if you go down here, they Google conveniently left somebody out of the cast when you look at it on the main page. But Kevin Spacey <laughs> is in this. Emma Roberts, Taron Ergerton, Ansel Elgart. And yeah, this obviously got a little bit of controversy because <laughs> it had Kevin Spacey in it. Kevin Spacey in it. <laughs> uh, 
I think this was released in like ten theaters. Nobody wanted yeah. to take like I think it says here fewer than ten theaters. And in the weekend, meaning Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it made one hundred and twenty six dollars total. Uh. <laughs> then we have uh, the little uh, mermaid. Uh, it uh, got a four point eight out of ten on IMDb. 20% on Rotten Tomatoes and 1 out of 5 on Common Sense Media. We talked about them before. Yeah, I'm afraid of them. Don't trust yeah. them. <laughs> don't, don't trust them. Um, a reporter and his niece discover a beautiful creature they believe to be a real mermaid. It's directed by two people. Uh, Blake Harris and Chris... Bowshirt and has nobody I know other than Shirley MacLaine in it. Yeah. Uh, William Mosley and Poppy Drayton. I I really like the name Poppy Drayton. I've just never heard of it. Poppy Drayton, yeah. It doesn't look like a good movie, though. No. uh, (laughs) It does not. But it's a live action uh, Little Mermaid, apparently. Alpha. See, 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Young Kita tries to survive alone in the wilderness after he's left for dead during his first hunt with his Cro-Magnum tribe. He soon forms an unlikely alliance with a lone wolf that was abandoned by its pack. Facing overwhelming Mm. odds and nonstop danger, Kita and the wolf must now trek through a harsh and unforgiving landscape to make it home before winter. Okay. This sounds very cool. familiar to a lot of movies I've heard before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody Smith... Uh, Cody, Cody Smith... M- McPhee? Smith McPhee? Smith McPhee. <laughs> Smith McPhee, yeah. And some other people I've never heard of. But it's got pretty good scores. I mean, 86%. That's pretty good. Yeah. So what uh, movie would you see this week? Jeez, this is a tough one, isn't it? Uh, I guess Alpha is the only one I really want to see out of any of these. Mm, I would go and see a crazy rejection. I mean, really? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, a ninety-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's really good. I guess so. I just the story doesn't sound interesting to me. I guess maybe that's the problem mm. for me. Yeah. Doesn't really so, engage me. Yeah. SummerSlam. Um, if you <laughs> listen to the end of this uh, week's podcast, uh, that is, you see that it's really long. There's the reason because uh, of that. Uh, we have a 50-minute review of SummerSlam 2018 with a bunch of people on it. Five, five in total, there. right? Yeah. And we did it. Like the pay-per-view stopped, and we hit record, and we went. Uh, yeah. And we'll put it after the outro music, if you want to check that out. Yeah, so it's uh, with uh, people like Bill, uh, Jeremy, Grass Dragon, uh, you, and me. Yep. And when, yeah, we go through every uh, uh, match, give them a score out of 10 and things like that. So we will do this pretty fast. Um, And I was slightly intoxicated uh, in in that one, so you're going to hear me drunk. Well, not drunk, drunk, but I was slightly <laughs> intoxicated. Yeah. 
Almas and Vega won against uh, Lana and Rusev. Oh, right. I need the results, don't I? <laughs> yes, you do. Uh... Or the best. Right, you got a point there. I couldn't find it for some reason. Yes. <laughs> uh, Cedric Alexander beat uh, Drew Gould. We both got that wrong. The B team defeated the Revival. Uh, we both got that right. Seth Rollins defeated Dolph Ziggler. Um, let's see. Uh, you got that right. The New Day defeated uh, the B team or the Bludgeon Brothers. The B Bros. I mean, the B Bros. We both got that wrong. Braun Strowman defeated Kevin Owens. You got that right. Charlotte Flair defeated uh, Becca Lynch and Carmella. And I got that correct. Samoa Joe defeated AJ Styles. Uh, you got that. Wait. Is that right? No, uh, you. Yeah. Oh, because I had you marked it down as the... winning for that. Oh, okay. Because you picked AJ and I picked Joe. Uh, Ooh. Okay, so... I get a point there, and you lose a point there. Oh. Okay. okay. Continue. Okay. I know what that means. Uh, the Miss defeated Daniel Bryan. Uh, I got a point there. Uh, Finn Balor defeated Baron Corbin. Um, I got a point there. Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Jeff Hardy. Uh, you got a point there. Ronda Rousey defeated Alexa Bliss. Uh, we both got that one correctly. And Roman Reigns defeated the Brock Lesnar. And we both got that correct. Which means... That means we have a tie. We have a tie. We have a tie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. And we had the tie. Right, we thought Fro had won, because I marked down yeah. that you had gotten that AG point, but maybe when... We, hmm. Yeah, I got hmm. confused on that match or something, so we're tied. We go to the tiebreaker, which was, yeah, and the tie does Braun Strowman cash in, which means and he didn't. I won. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me think. Do I want to just do what we'd already planned on doing, kind of? Or do I want to change it up? Let me look. There's two things that I really want to do. Uh, you know what? That thing we were going to do, we'll, we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the thing that you wanted. I'm going to make that for next week, Fro. I'm just going to bump whatever we had. Because I want to either do mm -hmm. gang stalking or the milk conspiracy. Okay. Hmm. Let's do the milk conspiracy. Okay. And then, what are we going to do the week after that, Fro? The week after that, we will do uh, <laughs> the Dan, Dian, Dana Warrior podcast called uh, Total Warriors. <laughs> and uh, we did it because somebody on the call told us that... Uh, uh, Diane Dana, Dana Warrior, Warrior yeah. had a podcast. 
and we thought that would be amazingly bad. So we're going to listen to the three first episodes. Right, it's a pretty new podcast, so that's why we're going to go check it out and kind of review it and see what happens there. Yeah, so from uh, May 2018 to July 2018 is the podcasts we will listen to. We will not listen to the one called uh, Dana Warrior Live from 2016, but uh, the three others okay. we will listen yeah, to. Yeah, we're going to check them out, and I guess what we'll do is just kind of do, like, episode one, what do we think of it? Episode two, what do we think? Do it like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that, that is not next week. Well, but we will do it. We will do it. Yep. Next week is The Milk Conspiracy. We'll talk about that at the end of the yeah. show. Milk. M-I-E-L-K. Milk. Like drinking, like drinking milk? milk, right. Cool. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I think uh, well, I'll do uh, audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen. Go get a free trial of Audible and a free book. And then cancel any time and it helps us out. Yeah. You can check out uh, that wrestling show where I talk much, 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 much more about SummerSlam. Or you can talk, you can listen to the end of this podcast where I also talk much, much, much more about SummerSlam. <laughs> and I was so tired. Oh, yeah. Did you, <laughs> you guys like... did something after we got done, huh? Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. No, 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 no. I was so tired on the recording that we are going to have after this. Because we did this recording like 5 in the morning for me. When the SummerSlam was over. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, so I was super tired. So, next week we'll took off uh, News of the Week, Cast the Rock Episode 7 review. We will do another digital review of the... Happy Time Murders. I heard about this. I'm looking forward to see the trailer. And we talk about the milk conspiracy. What is the milk conspiracy? Well, it's hard to explain until we really get into it without destroying it. But uh, here's an example. The, the Got Milk ads helped drive demand for dairy products at a time when fluid milk consumption was at its lowest point in decades. Those Got Milk ads were one example of how, for decades, the federal government has helped sustain the dairy industry by convincing people to drink more milk. And we'll go into why Mm. they're trying to convince people to drink milk in the actual conspiracy. So, are you feeling a little bored? Are you feeling a little down? There's 149 episodes of another digital system you can listen to if you haven't listened to them before. Yeah, go back and go backwards if you want. I mean, there's old news in there to check out, like from the election. Go check out the election special from when we did an election special right after the election. President got uh, President Trump got elected. I guess I should point out. So the 2016 oh, yeah. election, we did an election special right after where a bunch of us talked about that, which was very interesting. And I think that is still timely. So go check that out. And I was drunk on that podcast. I think that's the only podcast I have been. We drunk were all drunk, but so. Trump had just got elected, so everybody has an excuse. <laughs> Does have an excuse. 
You can also uh, just go, yeah, go back, back in time, and just yeah, figure out. Give us a report of what you thought about the 149 episodes before this. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, that's work for for next time. <laughs> okay. Uh, Listen to the podcast after uh, the outro if you want to hear 50 minutes babbling about SummerSlam. But uh, if not, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Super SummerSlam special edition. Let's uh, say hi to all 16 people that's online here. Uh, let's say hi to the regular people. For example, hi Luke. Hi Pro. Hi everybody. Hey Bill. Hey everybody. Hey Grass <laughs> Dragon. Good day. Um, hello, Jeremy. Hey, guys, what's up? Oh, wow. This was a fun SummerSlam. Uh, all over uh, feelings, uh, look. Uh, I mean, there were only a couple of matches as far as technical wrestling that were uh, average. But everything yeah. else was pretty fun. And then we had the ending. <laughs> yeah. the whole show, right? we're, we're going to talk about the ending a little later uh, what about you Grass what did you, did you think about this SummerSlam uh, it definitely peaked around the two thirds mark yeah big ramp up and then just a sudden drop off at the end off a cliff into the ocean Shh, don't spoil it <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy what did, did, uh, did well, you think I was, was going to say I was in and out uh, I was telling you guys earlier that, you know, I stopped for dinner and then I took my dog to the park. Uh, but I did see a few good bits that progressed storylines and set up things that could come around for WrestleMania. And then the ending. <laughs> yep. We will talk about the ending. Stop <laughs> spoiling it. And <laughs> Bill. Um, you know, my, my initial thought is this was a good show. Um, yeah. There were actually some pretty decent matches tonight. Um, and then there were... You, you actually had some like quick job matches that looked good. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, and then there was the ending. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the ending. The thing most... I, 
I'm sorry, bro. Bro, I'm sorry. I just had to do that to you. No, I totally agree with you guys. It was a good card from uh, the start pretty much. Uh, well, we'll go to... What did Jeremy have for dinner? That's yeah. What did you have for dinner, Jeremy? Myla makes a really good enchilada casserole, so that's what we had. Mm. Yummy. Fancy. Okay, uh, from a scale from 1 to 10, we will rate this, of course. Uh, mixed tag team match started with uh, Andrea Almas and Selena Vega defeated Rusev and Lana. 1 to 10, what did you think, uh, Luke? Uh, pretty good. Uh, very good to see Zelina Vega actually wrestling now. Uh, I enjoy her. Uh, Rusev and Lana, I don't think they're a really good, a, a very good team as far as wrestling. They might get, yeah. they're a good couple, I'm sure. Not a great team right. as far as wrestling. I totally agree. Uh, what did you think about this match from a scale from 1 to 10? Ooh, 1 to 10. Uh, yeah. Four, three and a half, four. four. Three and a half, four. Uh, what about you, Bill? Um, ooh, yeah, I'll go with a four. I mean, the the most of the focus was the guys wrestling, and then they saved yeah. the ending for the women, so I'll, I'll give it a four. Yep, and I'm uh, going to go with uh, three of three here with a four. I totally agree with you, and... I think Selena Vega was maybe the biggest surprise of the match. Uh, yeah, definitely a good uh, to see her in the ring. What about you, Grass? Uh, for me, it's more sort of a sort of a five out of ten. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing these four in a singles matches rather than mixed tag. Yeah, definitely. Especially Vega, I would agree. With oh that. yeah, especially Vega. There's something mm-hmm. special in her. I think uh, so. Did you see see this enough, Jeremy, to give this score? No, at the at the time we were interviewing a potential roommate, so I did not have it on. Uh, but I'll go ahead and give it a three and a half out of ten, just for Lana's wrestling ability. <laughs> then we had Cedric Alexander defeated Drew Gulak for uh, whoever cruiserweight championship. I will go first. I think this was the better of this uh, pre-show matches. Uh, I will give this a five. I enjoyed Drew Gulak uh, and Cedric Alexander. It was kind of a quick uh, ending, but uh, it was the longest of the pre-show matches. Mm-hmm. What about you, Bill? This was definitely the best of the pre-show matches. Um, yeah. Very well done. I would like to see these two guys again in the near future. Mm. Um, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give it a seven. A seven. What about you, Jeremy? Did you see this? No, nope, I did not see this one. Oh, uh, grass. Uh, six out of ten. I'm definitely looking forward to them facing each other later on, maybe when they have more time and build. Hmm. And look. I'm going to give it, uh, I want to say 6.5, but I'll go 7. 7 out of 10. I mean, a lot of high-flying stuff. There was a few spots in this match where it was a little slow for Mm. a 205 live cruiserweight match where they're doing rest holds. So, yeah. yeah. 7. 
Uh, then we have the B team that defeated their revival. We will start with Grass Dragon. Grass? Mm. Oh. It definitely was energetic, but I don't feel the, uh, the actual technical ability was there, which is a shame. Because yeah. I'm a big fan of the B team. Yeah. Like, they have much more potential than they're being used for. Yeah. Sure. Right, yeah. I don't agree with that. What would you give it out of 10? Grass? Hello? Grass. Oh, we lost it. No. Uh, what about you, Luke? Uh, let's see. Um, There definitely wasn't enough build for this match. I can say yeah, that, no. number one. There, like, the storyline was not built up enough for me to really understand why I should care that much, but I guess that's why it's on the pre-show. But overall, hmm, 4.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going with a 3. Um, I felt this was maybe the worst of the pre-show matches. Mm -hmm. I felt the build-up for this was kind of rushed. Uh, I liked the revival, though. Um, and I, I felt like the B-team was good in this, but this felt a little rushed and a little too to, to the point. What about you, Bill? I'm going to give this a 5. I liked the ending. I thought it was very smart, very creative. So I'm going to give it a 5. And uh, Jeremy, did you watch this? Yes, I did see this one. This was the first one I turned on. And I'm with Bill. I think the ending really made up for a lot of this match. It was a it was okay middle of the road match. So yeah, about a four point five out of ten. Yeah, cool. Uh, then we had uh, Seth Rollins uh, uh, with Dean Ambrose again. Dolph Ziggler with Drew. McIntyre, uh, Grass, why don't you go first, if you're there? All right, all right. <clears throat> if you can hear me? Hi. Yes. Hi. Hi. Damn Australian <laughs> internet. <laughs> I think good opener. We brought yeah. the crowd in. This was a long match as well, 22 minutes. Mm. Yeah, it's good. They gave it time to really just, you know, grow. Yeah. And there was a well, lot of story yeah. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Would you would you give it out of 10? I'll go with uh, 7. I want to see where it goes next. Yeah. I'm even higher than you. I will give this a solid 8. Uh, I think Seth Rollins uh, deserved uh, winning here. Uh, I saw it coming a long way. I mean, with Dean Ambrose coming back. He looked a little more jacked, you think, uh, Look, In the shoulders, for sure. Like, uh, yeah. in his upper body, he definitely has more mass happening. Um, I said that last week on the show, but he he definitely has been training to come back. So, I don't feel, like, I think a lot of people feel like he's trying to slack on things, but I think he really is excited for this comeback. So, mm. it makes me kind of excited for his comeback, to be honest. Right. Mm. What would you give this match? Um, six point five. Six point five. Mm. Jeremy, did you see this? I uh, I did. This match went on so long that I watched the beginning of it, 
got up, went to the kitchen and ate dinner at the dining room, and then came back and watched the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. I spent about half the time I was watching it confused by Seth Rollins' ring gear because I was had no idea what he was going for. Yeah. And then I have no idea what happened to Dean Ambrose or Drew McIntyre or why they were even there because it didn't seem like they got involved at all. But, well, except for I, with I, each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, But, you know, I, I, I like that Seth Rollins won. I think that was a good move. Uh, probably, I'd probably give it about a six, six and a half. Okay. Uh, anybody I forgot to introduce around? Uh, me. Okay. Bill? I really enjoyed this match. This yeah. was a great way to start the show off. Um, I'm going to give this an eight and a half. This was a really ah. good match. Yes. Half a point more than me. Then we have uh, the New Day winning against uh, B... B team or uh, the B bros, the B, B bros, sorry, the B that would have been better. Oh, that would have been better. The B bros um, versus the B team is like our ultimate match when you think. Yeah, about it. yeah, yeah. But uh, it was uh, disqualification, so the title didn't uh, change hands. What did you think about this look? I was not a fan of this match, to be honest with you. No. Even though I love Harper and Rowan, I like both those guys, and they honestly did a really good job in this match. There was not a lot of build, and these two teams, as far as mash, mashing together to create a good quality pro wrestling match, they didn't m- mesh. It didn't. They, the mash didn't mesh. You know what I mean? The mash didn't mesh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Uh, what would you give this out of 10? Uh, I'm going to give it a solid 4. Um, oh. Most of that solid 4 is on Harper and Rowan, though, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I like the New Day, but they did nothing to make this match better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill? Um, I'm probably going to be the only one that's going to say I like the match. I mean, it wasn't a fantastic 5-star match. Um... I'm going to give it a six. Whoa. That's much higher than I was thinking, yeah. I think you're the only one that liked this match. I totally agree with you, because I was Norfest 2018 for this match. I I felt this didn't work at all. I felt like those teams, for some strange reason, it was like, it didn't work. It did not fit together. I will give this a 3 out of 10. What about you, Jeremy? Uh, I mean, it was okay. I, I just felt like they they um, foreshadowed that nothing good was going to happen for the New Day by having Xavier Woods in the match. Yeah. Because... <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Whenever yeah. it's him and not Kofi, they never win. Who mentioned yeah. that when we were on the call? Was that you, Bill? When we were like actually on the call, you said, "Oh, Xavier Woods." I think that was Bill. Yeah, it might have been me. Yeah. yeah. So I knew that they weren't going to do anything great. So, and then the ending was pretty flat, you know. Uh, and those hammers are just stupid looking. I wish they didn't have them. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I'd probably give it like a three. 
At least they used the hammers in this match, mm-hmm. as opposed yeah. to a lot of other times. So, I'll give them that. Yeah. But, yeah, the hammers yeah. are stupid. I agree yeah, with you, Plastic rubber hammers. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely uh, three and a half for me. And a solid yeah. point of that is because of hammers. I <laughs> felt... <laughs> yeah, each each person in the match can wrestle better than that solo and as a team. Yeah, and just, wow. just didn't yeah. click at that all. That is such a good point, right there. Yeah, yeah. like nothing came together. It was like they hadn't warmed up or wrestled each other before. There's there's no plan going in. It just sort of happened until it stopped happening. Yeah. Then uh, what I thought was going to be the shortest match of the night: Braun Strowman versus. Uh, Kevin Owens. No, I didn't think this was going to be the shortest match of the night, but it was one of the shortest matches mm-hmm. with one minute and 50 seconds. What the fuck was going on in this match, look? I'm confused. Is Didn't we have something where Kevin Owens was saying if something happened, blah de blah he wanted to go to SmackDown? Or yeah. am I wrong? No, no. You're not wrong. So, maybe that's where we're going, but... Uh... It's hard for... Uh, I'll give it an 8. Because <laughs> I like Braun Strowman. <laughs> and I like seeing beat people up. I don't really care who it is. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I totally agree with you. With those 1 minutes and 50 seconds that I really got in this match, that isn't that much. I really like Braun Strowman as well. So I'm not going to hate on this move and say uh, 8 out of 10 as well. What about you, Grass? Hmm... Needed more ambulances. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> was flipped over. Yes. Six out of ten, it did its job, but should it have been on this card, though? Yeah, that's a good question. Jeremy? I like Braun Strowman being the dominating force that he's supposed to be, but why have a stipulation if nothing comes of it? Like, the whole match was just yeah. pointless. Right, yeah. But still give it a seven. And Bill. I mean, I enjoyed the squash match, um, but it just, I didn't expect, I don't think anybody expected it to be that short. No. No. Um, I mean, the thing is, sorry, Bill, I don't want to, like, interrupt you, but we could get such a good match out of these two guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe that's, they're, maybe they're just delaying it. Maybe. So, in a way, I'm like, okay, but whatever. I'll, Sorry. I'll give this a four. Ooh. Oh, lowest okay. of the round. Ooh. Bill's not a fan of squash matches. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I enjoyed this particular one, but... All right. Well. Uh, then we go, come to Luke is always right about Charlotte Flair against... Uh, Carmella and Becky Lynch, and since they won this uh, part of the match, I will give it to Luke first. Right. Um, overall, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, yeah, Becky Lynch, I gotta say, she stepped above and beyond. I think she yeah. really knows that like, she needs to do something to get into the next level, you know what I mean, as far as yeah. getting booked. And I think she, hopefully... They're going to take notice. Um, and I also love Carmella just because I love Carmella. Um, yeah. And overall, I'm going to give this an 8 
0.5 out of 10. Mm. Yeah, this is one of my favorite ni- uh, matches of the night. Uh, the one, my favorite coming next, actually. But uh, I will give this uh, eight, a solid uh, eight and a half as well. Um, I thought it was uh, 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 okay way to get Charlotte Flair to get it out of Carmella. It was nice to see Becky Lynch turning heel, and she did such a great match uh, job in this match. She was so terrific all through. What about you, Jeremy? Uh, this was probably my favorite match of the night, surprisingly. Yeah. And I don't think Becky Lynch turned heel. I think she was doing the right thing in character to... You know, she wants to be champion. She's She hasn't been a WWE champion in NXT or anywhere. So she did what she needed to do, even, you know, taking on Charlotte. And I like the, I like how the, I like that this match overall and the ending so seeds that could get us to Royal Rumble at, with Charlotte versus Becky Lynch and then possibly mm. get something bigger in WrestleMania with those two. Mm-hmm. It's, all that, so I'm going to give it like an 8.5. Oh, yeah. Luke, Luke, you want pretty to close, say something? I was going to say, whoever's next, do they want to go into why Becky Lynch is actually a heel? <laughs> Either yeah, Bill or Grass Dragon, one of you? I think Becky Lynch did nothing wrong. No, no. she didn't. Because she earned the title shot first, and then... Charlotte comes back and Paige is like, oh, well, if you win this match, then I'll make it a triple threat match. So, really, <laughs> Becky didn't do anything. She, she, she suddenly turned British. No, that was my crazy question. <laughs> um, Irish and British to us, bro, same, same. Pretty British. Yeah, American. yeah, Irish, British. Um, yes. I, I also want to say that this was the last match I saw before we took my dog out, so I didn't come back until the middle of Ms. Daniel Bryan. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give this a solid seven and a half. Okay. The ending, like, post-match really helps as well. Cool. Uh, what about you, Grass? Definitely an eight from me. I think it was just a, yeah. a really good, solid three-way. Yeah. Even without the ending, it was a good match. Like Becky can just bring the quality whenever she wants to, and she really wanted to. Carmella, well, she can bend really well, and she's got good antics. <laughs> and and definitely that that post match heel turn from yeah. Becky. Oh, definitely, I want to see these two just fight it out for a while. Yeah, I totally yeah, justifi- agree. Justified yeah. heels are the best heels. Yeah. I totally agree. Chasing heels are the best heels. Uh, then my biggest surprise and my favorite match of tonight, actually, Samoa Joe uh, defeated AJ Styles by DQ. Um, this was really, really, really good. And I enjoyed it. It was 22 minutes and 45 minutes. I will give this a 9. This gets a 9 out of 10 uh, from me. Definitely... Super surprised about this match. I thought this was uh, fantastic from start to ending. What about you, Jeremy? You didn't watch this. Too bad. Oh. What about you, Grass? 
Oh, definitely. Nine, just... They put it all in the ring. They paced yeah. it beautifully. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of really good wrestling, good storytelling. Yeah. yeah. Really good storytelling. Uh, I, I think... Totally agree. Yeah. To me, that was the main event. That was the peak. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Bill? Yeah, this is a solid nine for me. Uh, this was by far my favorite match of the night. Um, yeah. It, it had great storytelling, great wrestling, and you actually had a disqualification ending that made perfect sense. Yeah. Which is very rare in wrestling. Doesn't matter which promotion. Great way to continue the story. I can't wait to see these two against each other again. Luke. I can't really disagree with anything Bill just said. I mean, like, that's the whole thing. It's like the DQ made sense. Yeah. And it's like, with, uh, let's get rid of the rest of wrestling. WWE, like, how many times do it, does a DQ make sense? And very yeah, no. rare, especially storyline-wise. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go... I'm gonna go eight point five, leaning towards or, towards a nine. So leading against the nine. Wow, cool. Then Grass Dragon, we had uh, Miss defeating uh, Daniel Bryan. What did you think about the longest match of the night? Yes, longest match of the night. And Miz certainly won in terms of like most ringside wives. <laughs> that baby yeah. didn't actually exist everybody that baby wasn't really there it was just a carriage no i mean would you bring a baby into a wrestling crowd no <laughs> yeah, good. It's, it's good you know brian yeah. and Miz are both very good wrestlers they had a very good yeah. match told a very good story yeah. and it it makes sense for Miz to win the way he did with the uh the assist from maurice yeah just the old brass knuckles down her bra yeah and that that I'm was very satisfied moment. with this. Yeah, that was a fun moment as well. Would you what would you give it out of ten? Uh, eight and a half. I th- think it's just behind some other Joe AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, you saw yeah. half of this. Yeah, I saw half of it, and I was expecting the. Well, I I, I figured that there's going to be some cheating somewhere, but yeah. after like the skull crushing finale on Brian and then the you know hitting him with the foreign object in the head I was expecting the backstage vignette he did with Bree to actually be like the doctors saying oh no you got a concussion now you can't wrestle ever again and that oh. being a... mm. what okay yeah that would have been, uh, okay. been a twist yeah that yeah. would have been interesting uh, so yeah I mean from what I saw it was a good match I'd say about, maybe around a seven seven and a half Okay. Bill. If it hadn't been for the Intercontinental title and the WWE title match, this would have been my match of the night. This was Mm. really well done. You got technical wrestling. I think that's the most technical we've ever seen out of The Miz, or at least for me, that's the most technical I've ever seen. Um, Mm. Just very good wrestling, good storytelling. Miz winning it was the right choice, right way. I mean, this feud is going to continue. Um, yeah. I'm going to give this an 8. Uh, what about you, Luke? I hate the miss. 5. 
I'm going to give it a five. Uh, and honestly, what would have made it better is if the, the baby would have passed the knuckles off to Maurice and then she would have killed yeah. Right? Yeah. That's why I get to five. Style. What if? What, what if I brought his wife and baby as well? Um, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, if it hadn't been for the Soma or Joe match, this would uh, be the match of the night uh, uh, for me as well. I thought this was good storytelling from the start to beginning. Uh, uh, from uh, I'm a little tired. Uh, from start to ending, um, I would give oh. this an eight and a half, a little under Soma Joe versus Sager Styles. Yes, Jeremy. I was gonna say to build off of what Grass Dragon said, uh, if they could get the wives and the children involved, it could be the first intergender, trans, <laughs> uh, generational six-person tag team match at WrestleMania. There you go. Yeah. I just rolls that. off the tongue. Just rolls off the tongue. is <laughs> 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 young. Then we have the shortest uh, match of the night, uh, Finn, uh, uh, the Demon, Balor against uh, Baron Corbin, uh, Bill. I loved that we got the surprise of the Demon. I really yeah. did. And, that was and, and I'll say something that I don't know if many people are going to say it. Baron Corbin's look when he saw yeah. Finn Balor. <laughs> he, he looked so scared. Was perfect. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And basically, it was like, well, there's no way he's going to be able to win now. Um, yeah. I liked it. Another good squash. Um, just just fun. And, you know, Finn Balor wins. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to bump the Braun Owens match by half a point. I said it was a four. I'll give it a four and a half. I'll also give this a four and a half. Just... For no reason. I just give it a four and a half. Yeah. Uh, Luke. Jeez. Uh, this is really hard to give a number to because of the timing of it. Mm. Uh, I guess I'll include the entrances and I'll give it a six. Because I was just yeah. really excited about the whole entrance bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that the entrance were a bit uh, as well was maybe the best part of it. The match, I mean, one minute and 35 seconds, it's uh, not really much wrestling you can get to do. But uh, the storytelling of this was uh, splendid. Baron Corbin looking fucking scared and Finn Balor winning like with two moves. It was uh, pretty much over before the match Basically. even started. So I will give it a... Uh, uh, 5.5 Jeremy yeah I you know I was really happy to see the demon entrance I like that they're they save it for special occasions but I don't think this match needed it yeah it's like why Other than the su- surprise element of it of course yeah but why do I you think need that... the demon to beat Baron Corbin <laughs> that this is the whole thing that I mentioned during the pay-per-view is because Baron Corbin is a representative Representative of Stephanie McMahon, so sure. we're it's a foreshadowing of Finn Balor going against the quote unquote corporation is what I All see right. that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 
Because we need that story again. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what would you good? give this match? You know, it was over before I even realized it was fully going on. You know, I was, I was I only half pay attention to wrestling anyways. But yeah. so I'd say it's maybe a six. Okay. And Gress. Yeah. In, in terms of story and spectacle, it was exactly what it needed to be. Yeah. And it's, it's good they're really saving the demon for special mm-hmm. occasions. Mm-hmm. Being sort of a mucky event, just having him come out in the paint. Mm. And you're right, the look on Corbin's face when he just laid a brick in his pants. Yeah. Realized he, realized he was dead man wrestling, but not that dead man. Right. <laughs> definitely, definitely a five for me. Definitely a five. Okay. Then we had Shinsuke Nakamura defeating Jeff Hardy. I will go first. Uh, yeah, no. There's something about uh, Shinsuke Nakamura that I like. Uh, and when he meets up, uh, I feel like uh, it's a good match. This, I felt, didn't work for me for some strange reason. I don't know if it was Jeff Hardy. I don't know if it was Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't know if it was uh, if I was a little like tired. Maybe it was a little combination of every those things. But uh, this gets a five. I I feel like I feel a little like meh. I didn't feel like this was contributing to anything. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. What do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, I'm I'm with you in that it it didn't leave much of an impression. I even forgot that Nakamura won. Yeah. So I I spent the whole match waiting for Randy Orton to interfere, and then he yeah. just waited till the end and then didn't even do anything. So <laughs> he walked. He literally walked to the ring and left. Looked at the ring and walked back. Best part of the right. match. The most Randy Orton thing you could possibly do, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so, it was it was like a four and a half. Yeah. Look. Well, I missed the end of this because my stream yeah. cut out. But um, uh, I'll give it a five. I'll give it a solid five. Shinsuke still was really good in this. There was one point where he was selling like. Way more than he needed to for this headlock. That I was like, wow, that's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Grass. Yeah, this this match didn't need to happen either. Just going through the motions here. Yeah. They're both very talented wrestlers who can do amazing things acrobatically. Yeah. Uh, just, I really didn't feel this at all. No. So it, it gets a five from me. Honestly, Jeff Hardy doing the uh, delete chance was cringeworthy to me. Yeah. 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 And, and then, then Orton coming out and yeah, just putting the crowd in the headlock. Oh, <laughs> uh, Bill. I think the only problem that it had was mm. it was following a good triple threat women's match, a hell of a WWE title match, mm-hmm. a good rivalry match and the return of a character that you see once a year and it, yeah and right okay it, it yeah. sort of took out the crowd a little bit but i still yeah. thought it was a decent match so i'm gonna give it a five and a half then we had uh, ronda rousey defeated alexa bliss 
Uh, by submission, uh, what did you think about this, Luke? I was actually all right with this match, to be honest. Um, I mean, it wasn't long, but when it comes to these two wrestlers, I think they did the best that they could do. And mm. it told the story it needed to tell. Mm. Um, and then the end happened, and we got this garbage that I was like, why the hell is this happening? <laughs> Yeah, because, because tell, tell tell us about the ending. Right, she goes. Well, how did this? How did the ending start? Somebody start me out on this, because all I remember is her going out to her husband and me be well, like blacking out. Okay, well, <laughs> N- Natty came first in the ring. Okay. To hug Rhonda. And then, the Bella Twins come into the ring. That's where I blacked out. Okay, this is the part I'm forgetting. <laughs> So yeah, Bella's yeah, well, come in for no reason to celebrate, and then the husband. Right. So, so what you know, did you? Women's evolution, you, everybody. Bella's and know. you know the wife beater, but yeah, women's evolution, everybody. I was so angry. Uh, but what you would you give the match, Luke? Um. See, I liked it, but as far as technical wrestling, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it a two and a half. Yeah, this gets uh, one of my lowest scoring as well. I give it this a three. Uh, this didn't really work for me. I feel like Ronda Rousey had to win. It was more like, oh, here you go. <laughs> it's your time to have the title now. I enjoyed the story. Though. This is the thing. Yeah. I enjoyed the story, but the wrestling itself was not that yeah. good. Jeremy! Alright, so let me tell you my experience with this match. So Alexa Bliss came out, and then Ronda Rousey came out, I think. I'm not sure. And then they showed, She might have they come out the, for the match. <laughs> maybe. Well, I'm not sure about the order, but whatever. That's okay. The, and she might have looked like Audra Kong. She might have looked like... <laughs> and then they... And then they showed the Bella Twins standing at ringside, and then the stream crashed until Paul Heyman was introducing Brock Lesnar. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. You were saved. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't watch it. No, I did not see it. So what you're saying is the screen crashed for five minutes, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> like that, yeah. Yeah, four minutes exactly, for, <laughs> to be honest. Yes. Uh, what do you know about you, Bill? I agree with Luke. The story told was good. Mm. Um, however, this was not the match that I expected it to be. I thought it would be a lot of Alexa's going to do some cheating. She's going to find every way she can to win. And then eventually Rousey would beat her. Um, right. Yeah, totally. But I'm fine with how this was. So I'll I'll give it a four. And finally, Grass. I think they definitely were being pressed for time here. I mean, there's a a good story that Ronda's the Terminator Mm. and Alexa is cunning but not powerful. So she's thinking around her opponent, but in the end just gets demolished. And they almost told that in the uh, four minutes the match happened. I think the first minute was just Alexa hiding outside the ropes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And, and Grass and I, we were doing pretty good commentary. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. I missed the beginning of this match as well. Yeah. yeah. Because Luke and Fro yeah. sort of lost um, their feet. Connection. So, connection. Yeah. So, so Grass and I, we did our own commentary for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. I believe we're both replacing Coachman next week. Yes, we are. <laughs> but only one chair, though. Yeah, you can have it. I think Grass is lucky. Uh, would be more lucky to end up on the uh, uh, Australian show if if he's actually doing commentary. Oh yeah, that. true, true. NXT Australia. NXT Australia. Yeah. So what do you what would you give this? Uh, I think factoring in not just the match and the story, but also the after match, mm. where you know women's wrestling died. I'll uh I'll give this match same rating as how many minutes it went four out of ten. <laughs> well, that was everything. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Uh, <laughs> good show. Good show. Yeah. No, no, nothing else was on this match, was it? Oh wait, we forgot or- about one terrific main event, best match of the year, candidate of. Match of the year. Oh, uh, yeah. Roman Reigns against uh, Brock Lesnar. He won finally. Uh, oh, I'm so fucking angry at this match. Braun Strowman comes out, says, Well, uh, I'm going to look you both in the eyes and I'm going to cash this in uh, when one of you win. Just so you know. He goes out of the ring, gets speared by Roman Reigns. I think, yes. Well, Roman Reigns went to spear Brock Lesnar. Brock yes. Lesnar dodged, and then Roman Reigns went speared outside out the outside the ring and hit uh, Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So no cash in of the um, cash in, and we have Roman well, yeah, Reigns. It, it, that knocked him out. And then where do we yeah. go from the match? Yeah, uh, after that, then Roman Reigns pins Brock Lesnar. Right? Yeah, and we have no cash. And we go pull it to black. This was... I'm going to give this a really nice one. I'm going to be nice and give this a one. I am really, really nice. I really enjoyed this match. One out of ten. (laughs) Jeremy, what did you think about this fantastic match of night? Uh, you know, I think I liked it a little, a little bit better than you, which is why I'll give it a 2 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so much better than me. <laughs> it's twice as good. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, when Strowman came out and did his little introduction, oh. oh, this is great. This is very interesting. I want to see what happens. Yeah. And then he messed it up, and it was it was terrible. <laughs> It was terrible. <laughs> that is true. Grass. Everything up until the bell ringing at the start was great. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. That is 100% right. Just the sheer potential of... I wouldn't have minded whoever Braun faced after the match for the title. No, no, no. It would have been amazing either way. Yeah. Uh, just oh, I've, I've never seen Brock sell this much for anyone. No? He, he just... In the end, he just lost clean, mm-hmm. yeah. which is uh, uh, feels wrong in some way, given yeah, how I didn't he's see it coming at all. Yeah, like, yeah. he's like the one thing that Braun can't flip. Right, he's just just too strong and dense. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, just mm, not a bad taste in my mouth. So I'll you're saying some... he's, he's the pog to uh, to Braun Strowman slammer that you can never flip, is what you're saying. Mm, mm, <laughs> yeah. Just when you got one, one left on the ground there. Just, <laughs> I'll give us a big fat potato for zero. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, fantastic. The day wrestling died. Yeah. Um. Wow, this is a little hard to digest, only because the potential was there. I think for something... so anticlimactic. Yeah, it, it did. I, I thought the potential was maybe there for something special to happen, and then. When Reigns won, and I pointed this out to you guys, no one had left the arena because they were all expecting the same thing that we were, that Braun was going to come and cash it in, like he said, and he never does. So, I'm going to give this a two and a half. Wow. see, now there's the potential... There's the potential yeah. now that Braun could be like Jaws, just mm-hmm. hanging out every once in a while, cruising by Roman and threatening him. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're... That would be a great gimmick. Uh, uh, look. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> am I last? You are. Yeah. I am last. Um... Let's see. Overall, I thought there was something to be said about this match as far as they finally did it. They pulled the trigger mm-hmm, that we've yeah. been waiting for them to pull for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I just think the bullet fell out of the barrel onto the ground right at their feet is the problem. That is the problem. Overall, I think the reason they did this whole thing is that it didn't get Roman Reigns booed, like like uh, uh, Bill said. Uh, at the end of the match, everybody was still excited. They were like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait till he cashes in. They tricked everybody. Yeah. They tricked us, guys. They did it. It, it was They worked us. Um, they made it seem like he was going to cash in, but he didn't, and it kept the crowd there, and that's what they wanted, and that was it. That was the whole reason that happened. And short-term, it worked for them. Long-term... Roman Reigns is now champion. <laughs> yeah. so, what a swerve. Yeah. <laughs> and now we have Ronda Rousey as champion, who is basically just a female Brock Lesnar, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I know. So what would you give this last match? Uh, I'll give it a point five. Wow. wow. Yeah. We love this last match, everybody. <laughs> So, Jeremy, all over, what would you give this SummerSlam out of 10? Uh, out of 10? Maybe yes. six and a half? Grass? Mm, I think, yeah, there was more good than bad overall, so definitely a mm. nice 7 out of 10. Bill? I agree with Grass, more good than bad. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. And Luke? 
Um, are you guys on the Wikipedia page right now? Yeah. Yeah. Now. Go down to right below the actual match results. What do you see right there? SmackDown Reference? Tag Team oh, yeah. Championship Tournament. Yeah. Do, does anybody remember this happening? No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give this a, a 4.5 out of 10. The whole show? Uh, yes. Okay. I think that's a little low. I will give it a 6 out of 10. Well, that was everybody, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty much right. it. That was our recap of SummerSlam 2018. We will see you on another digital season later. Uh, Bell, where can people meet you? Um, you can listen to that wrestling show every Friday with Fro and check out my Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Bill's World of Podcast. Jeremy, where can they follow you? Uh, well, if you come to Denver, Colorado, you can follow me through the streets. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you have a Twitter? Do you have something like that? Uh, I have a, I have a Twitter that I basically only use to post about wrestling when wrestling things are on. It's Jeremy Osborne eight one. Oh, it's not Jeremy in the streets because that would be a good one. <laughs> Grass dragon. Hi everyone. Jeremy Osborne in the streets. Yeah. Grass dragon, <laughs> where can they follow you? Well, if if you like my brand of everything. My loud Australian internet talking. I'm currently on Twitter at uh, GrassDragon193, and I'm also a staff writer for Scrubhouse.com, which is S-C-R-U-B-H-A-U-S.com. We review uh, films, RPGs, etc. Uh, Luke, where can I follow you? Right here. Uh, on our Facebook, and and then they can follow me here. Yeah, on here, on this podcast. Yeah. And you can follow me at me on Twitter. Follow me. Okay, from United States, from United States, from United States, from Australia, and from Norway. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Night. Bye. Uh, Cue the three, two, one, contact.